kiddo, did you get your home insurance yet? Hippo? Why didn't you go with what we have? Outdated? Ridiculous. Our policy covers pewter dishware, stock certificates, furs. Most home insurance policies are painfully outdated. Hippo is different, with more coverage for the things you actually have today. And Hippo can cost up to 25% less. I hear pewter's making a comeback. Visit myhippo.com to get a quote in 60 seconds. Hippo is a licensed property casualty insurance agent with products underwritten by various insurance companies. Covered subject to underwriting qualifications. Savings vary. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Sure. For Wrestle Ads Radio on all major podcast platforms, and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys! My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast, and you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war, because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is Katie Ricky Rose, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. Hey everyone, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, so Calmel. You are listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Sending lots of love from California. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Feeling electrifying today. Might just be a 2K tower with this man. Welcome to the Game Changer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, a part of Wrestle Addict Radio. And on the road to the end of the year, we're getting closer, you guys, to the final spectrum, to the final deals. And honestly, guys, we got some big plans for uh, December. So definitely tune in. We'll make the big announcement next week as to what we have in mind for the Game Changer Podcast. But before we get into anything here, of course, I am Nate the Effing Great. The sole proprietor and one of the guys who is in Wisconsin keeping wrestling real. And you know who else is keeping wrestling real? My good co- friend and co-host, the one and only Prime Minister of Canada himself. One of the greatest people you'll meet on Twitter as well as in the wrestling community. The one, the only mastermind behind Fretzelmania, that being Mr. Fretz. Hey, what is up, brother? Uh... It's election season up here, so maybe my prime minister title could be soon uh, taken from us. Uh, I went and voted in our advanced polls last week, so I want to encourage my Canadian friends, our Canadian listeners, uh, this means you, Slack, uh, to get your ass out there and vote. Uh, Voting makes a difference. You may think that, oh, I'm not going to vote because our candidates suck. Yeah, (laughs) I'll admit it here. Our candidates blow, except for Jagmeet Singh, but... I'm not going to get too political, but I doubt that a good chunk of Canada would elect a Sikh, but I'm all for it because Jagmeet is awesome. Uh, Everybody wants Justin Trudeau out. Andrew Scheer is a fucking monster. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. So, my Canadian folks, this is your Wrestle Addict Radio Prime Minister encouraging you to vote. 
And, you know, we had The Rock there at the beginning, and I believe he's like one quarter Canadian or something like that. So, so he there could... we go. All the more reason. This comes full circle. <laughs> and I'm going to take a sip of my Earl Grey tea because I work in a couple hours. Well, there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's quite an interesting week in professional wrestling. Not as eventful and as controversial as, you know, last week was. But it is still one of those things where we're raising a lot of questions, raising a lot of eyebrows, and thinking, WWE, why do you continue to piss us off? Uh, We definitely want to talk about the draft as well as some of the people that have indeed been drafted. Some that might surprise you. Some are just going to be like, uh, of course. And, of course... We got quite a bit to discuss, guys, so let's get right into it. I actually want to start off the podcast with quite possibly one of the greatest, greatest, greatest loves that we'll ever know, talking about Mike Bennett. He released on Twitter this past week a tweet where he talks about his future with the company, Uh, and I actually have the tweet right here, so bear with me and allow me to read the excerpt as well as basically the tweet of what he basically posted on here. So, from Mike Bennett, and I quote, Today I asked for my release from WWE. I want to thank everyone in the company who has helped me out and who I have shared a locker room with. I love you all. I have been with the company for almost three years, and I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity. However, it is time for me to move on. I am only 34 years old and feel I have way too much left in the tank. Working one day a week is not going to cut it for me. I came to WWE to work, and that opportunity does not exist right now. I resigned with the company back in June because I thought it was best for my family, and maybe for a financial standpoint, it was, I'm going to say this off off record, um, family, I'm not so sure about that. We'll get into why in just a bit. But quickly I realized that bringing my work frustrations and misery home with me is not good for my family, and I no longer want my daughter to constantly see me come home defeated, sad, and angry. It's not fair to her or my wife. Being a pro wrestler was and is my lifelong dream, and I'm just not ready to give that up yet. I wasted four years of my life addicted to drugs and not caring when I should have been having the best matches of my life. Now that I am clean, sober, and motivated, I want to have those 30-minute matches. I want to travel the world and wrestle in front of UK crowds, German crowds, Japanese crowds. I want to feel the love and excitement wrestling once gave me. I also want my daughter to be able to see me wrestle. I want her to see her daddy work for his money. I've never been okay with just collecting a paycheck, and I can't in good conscience tell my daughter she has to work her ass off to get in her life, then do it myself. Then not do it myself. I don't want the. Fu- I don't know what the future holds, but for the first time in a long time, I am hopeful and excited. Thank you to everyone who has ever supported me and had my back. I love you. Okay, so where do we begin with this? Okay, so when I saw Mike Bennett in Impact Wrestling, I did not know what to expect. He became, you know, the miracle Mike Bennett, and he did this whole deal with Maria. Him and Maria were honestly one of the best heel duos in all of Impact. I am definitely going on a limb to say that, but I definitely will fight people on that. Uh, Maria was that heel that, you know, did get her comeuppance, whether it was against Gail Kim or with Allie. Mike Bennett was the same way. He had a great feud with EC3 going into it. So, back at Money in the Bank, when he made his debut, which, see, that would be three years ago, so that would be 2016. Wow, geez, that was... Uh, 17. 17? Wow, that was quite a few yeah, years ago. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I was elated. I was ecstatic. I was thinking, oh, great, we're going to get somebody really amazing in you know, WWE. We're going to see these two. And honestly, you probably couldn't could have booked it so much better. Because what do they do with Mike Bennett? Well, we had a great theme song. Great. Had a good match with uh, Sami Zayn on SmackDown. Okay. Had a rematch with him on Battleground, which he lost. Oh. Uh, okay. Kind of sporadically comes on and off again. Had It's not until about this year we see him feud with Drake Maverick, where he lost. Uh, oh, okay. Then they decide, oh, let's do a nice storyline with Maria and, and Mike. Okay, let's see if they do something good. Maria's pregnant. Interesting choice. She's, he's not the baby daddy. What? What? It's Ricochet. It's not Ricochet. It's Rusev. It's not Rusev. Just got to demasculate Mike, Mike Bennett on TV. But, what? What? I, Gary! Uh, Gary! That was the only way that that could have saved this entire, this entire storyline. Otherwise... Oh my god. I literally cannot begin to talk so many great things about Mike Bennett. I mean, they did a story on him about his battle against addiction, and you would think that this would actually give him the you know proper deal where he could be a big time star. I mean they did this with you know Roman Reigns with Roman Reigns when he did his battle with leukemia when he came back, he was still a prominent role. And I'm not trying to, you know, say like, oh sicknesses help you get the boost. No, it's Literally, like, you know, relatable real-life situations that help relate people, your fan base, to everybody else. And then you can build off on that. You can definitely do the whole deal. The whole thing where, uh, oh, gosh, the whole the CM Punk-Chris Jericho storyline where it looked like, you know, CM Punk was going to be turning into an alcoholic. And turned out that he used that as a ploy to get into Chris Jericho's head. That was great. We could have had something like that with Mike Bennett where he does that with a major heel. He could have done something like that. That would have been amazing. Another thing they could have done, just have Maria continue to be this heel where she's kind of like the puppet master and she has Mike Bennett, you know, fight her battles. She fight, He fights and he wins. Whether wins or losses happen, she's always supporting of him. Could have done that. You could have just done something like that. And honestly, I would have even pulled a page out of the Booker T. Chris Benoit storyline from years ago where Booker T, he was like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know why my wife is doing this. I don't approve of that. And then in the end, he turns heel to kind of like a shock for everybody. That could have been something they could have done with Mike Bennett, where he's just like, I don't know why my wife is doing this. I don't know why he's doing this. And, you know, at this point, he probably would have won a title, maybe the Intercontinental title, because I think he's worth that. And then you could have literally had, you know, another great heel, you know, duo between the two of them. They could have been a legit, you know, power couple in WWE. Why didn't they do that? Because they were focused on a lot of other BS, like Tyson Fury and this whole thing with Cain Velasquez and just, uh, mm, frustration. Just, Fuck Tyson Fury. I just, I hate everything about things that are going on. People are just like, no, this is going to be a great turnabout for the company. It's like, no, it's not. It really isn't. It's one of those things where I'm literally at the point where I'm scraping at the bottom of the barrel and I'm at the point where I'm just going to toss that barrel over a cliff. And watch it just go right into those sharp shards that are at the bottom. That's how bad it is at this point. Well, hey, Niagara Falls is just a four-hour drive from me, so yeah. Well, I don't want I don't want them to have any kind of beauty in it. It's just literally terror. So whether it's like then you go to then if you don't want beauty, you go to Niagara Falls on the New York side. Oh, oh, snap! <laughs> but yeah, those now, are my. Uh, 
it just—it's just so stupid what they did with Mike. They screwed him royally. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just on his uh, on his page here, and I remember. Uh, did you watch um, Mike Bennett when he was in Ring of Honor? Um, I remember bits and pieces of him, and I think he was a part of. Wasn't it like he was a part of a faction in Ring of Honor? Yes, uh, he was part of the Kingdom. Yes, that with, was. Uh, Ad, with Adam Cole, baby. And uh, I think later on, Matt Taven, former Ring of Honor champion, uh, joined the ranks. And uh, Matt Hardy was uh, temporarily a mentor for the Kingdom. Oh my God. So this is when Ad, this is before Adam Cole even joined the Bullet Club, and well, I used to. I think I still get it, but I don't know what time it's on. But uh, Fox Rochester, you know, WWE on Fox, uh, they still air Ring of Honor, but it's like Saturday at midnight. So like after the like the West Coast game on Hockey Night in Canada, I can put it on Fox, and then there's Ring of Honor. But I haven't watched it in years. Like spoiler alert. But I think PCO is the number one contender to the title <laughs> against Roosh. Uh, rest in peace in advanced Roosh. But PCO beat his mentor, Marty Skrull, in the semifinals. This was like death before dishonor this past week. I'm going to have to get to it. But I've watched so much, yet so little wrestling this week that I don't know what even happened. But yeah, Mike Bennett, uh, he was having some good matches when he was... Well, when he was battling the stuff, and pretty much, like, I think a few months after he signed his contract with WWE, uh, he was in rehab, and he was in rehab for, like, I don't know, six to nine months. Uh, Maria, they gave birth to their first child in at this point in time. Um, and did you see their ride-along yet? There's a new ride-along with Mike and Maria, and I think it had um, Sarah Logan and uh, the... Uh, War Raiders. Oh, okay. Um, I I know that that's out, but I have not got a chance to see that because I've been too busy with a lot of deals going on with with personal life, mainly getting new jobs and stuff like that. But um, it is still one of those things I do want to try to get more involved with some of the stuff, even if I do decide to end my subscription at the end of the year. WWE, (laughs) clock is ticking. TikTok. Also, shout out to Killer Cross. You're amazing. (laughs) This is like you, you get the MVP clock. I'm coming. <laughs> and NW, I have to mention NWA Power, Nate. Uh, there was a couple of debuts on this show. Uh, one, Idol Stevens, FKA Damian Sandow, uh, made an appearance on the show and just talked about how much he likes wrestling again and NWA's this and that. And then there was a tag team match. Uh, you know, Colt Cabana yeah. uh, with, I guess. I could call him friend of the show, Six Degrees of Separation, but his tag team partner was Mr. Anderson. And Kennedy Anderson, whatever you want to call him. Um, One of my favorites, one of my favorites when he was in the Fed, like I used to watch uh, Velocity every, every weekend after, uh, Church Hockey League. There's an oxymoron for you, folks. Church Hockey. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going there, but I enjoyed it. I was like a co- assistant coach. Um, yeah, so I'd watch Velocity, and I'd see this guy, Ken Anderson, do his boxing thing, and then you'd see, well, benefit of those who are on video, a.k.a. me and Nate on Skype, and I'm not recording this. I haven't put up last week's 
video Patreons. I'm so busy. You, you get the microphone lower down, and then you see this guy doing like a Michael Buffer thing. Like right then, I called him that he was going to be WWE champion, but then wellness policy and you know dropping Randy Orton on his head uh, kind of uh, kind of messed that up for him. But I love them. Uh, they, they look like a pretty good tag team. Um, uh, what else happened on NWA Power? I think there was something to do with... Uh, there was another tag team match, but I can't remember because I think it was like there was a title match and then main event that ended in a no contest. But i got to say, you got to watch NWA. It's old school feel. Uh, it looks like a USWA taping from the 80s. It's, okay. it's, it's so freaking good. And their roster is like... You, a veritable who's that in wrestling, like Eddie Kingston made an appearance. And that that guy can cut a promo. I mean, if you heard his appearance on Kings of the Rings this year, oh boy, he's a good talker, but he can he also never shuts up. You know, it, it's it's really funny because there is actually a point that's there is actually a video that supports that. Um, when Simon Miller was interviewing, I think it was Chelsea Green last year at uh, All In, Eddie Kingston got right involved, and then he just kind of put himself into the interview. So it was like, what the fuck, dude? You're taking away the spotlight from one of the greatest wrestlers. Well, you suck, dude. I mean, you're great in the ring, but you totally suck for just taking this this woman's you know limelight, taking away her spotlight. You just you hey, suck. Hey, Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> who, who, who was that? Friggin' Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> that was ten years ago. That's like, right. I listened to a, pod, a podcast called Thirty Twenty Ten. You know, Thirty Twenty Ten years ago. Kind of how I ripped off slash not really ripped off my idea for the 20 bell salute because they do movies tv shows video games 20 10 years ago 30 each week they're like and 10 years ago Kanye west made a complete ass of himself <laughs> that's about it, right. it was like hey taylor i'm gonna let you finish but insert no-name rapper here that i'm not aware of because rap is crap um had the best album ever you know as a 20, if we can go back 20 years ago with the West Texas Rust, West Texas Rednecks cut that and it's in uh, you know there's only one thing that I hate say it's a bunch of crap I hate rap <laughs> Jesus but I also kind of hate country too most of it well some people have their tastes some people have their opinions and other people will say well your opinion is just invalid to me but no I, I totally get it I I'm not exactly as big on country as I was beforehand, but, you know, it's the well things like, I'll listen to it every now and then, but it is what it is. Uh, we, we totally got, like, right off the wagon for that. Um, let's talk about the uh, recent firing that WWE had. They have canned the guy who literally decided to move closer to them to make this job more serious, and uh, he's no longer with the company, from what I'm understanding. They have axed Eric Bischoff from SmackDown as one of the executive producers, and they replaced him with Bruce Pritchard. Well, I mean, that's... Well, you know. Yeah, you you know. You know, he loves you. Um, Check me up, Bruce. Do you want to get your dick harder than it ever has? (laughs) God dang it. Oh, my gosh. Um, Honestly, this was kind of one of those things where... I've heard multiple sources about what exactly has gone down with Eric Bischoff. You probably have a more solidified source, so I'm very interested in hearing your perspective. From what I've heard, uh, he 
was barely a part of meetings. He did like Skype meetings. He was mainly in catering. He, when he was there, not much of his ideas were kind of you know brought in. It was kind of one of those situations where he got overpowered by Vince, I'm guessing, or just Bruce Pritchard kind of overtook that, kind of oversaw a lot of the deals that were going on. So it seemed like he wasn't really involved too much. And lo and behold, you know, four months after this whole entire ordeal happened, he gets fired. I am very disappointed at that because I would not say, I don't think that Bischoff has like all the best ideas, but I think he has definitely better ideas than say, oh, I don't know, a Vince Russo bro. So it's kind of a bit of a shock to hear that, but I don't know. Did you have any solidified sources that have said the exact reason as to why he got fired? I think you, you covered it. Like, uh, from what I saw on, I just saw it on Twitter and, and, and some of the dirt sheets that aren't from Dave Meltzer because you know how reliable he is. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's basically the same. Like he, he hung out in catering. He kind of distanced himself a little bit. He didn't get to know any of the talent, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I was, I was excited to see him back, you know, I'm back, but not anymore. Um, yeah, I think it's just, if, if you're not, he wasn't making an active effort. And if you're not going to do that, then that, that that's anywhere. If you're not going to make the effort at your job, then just go quit or be fired. I mean, I, I, I would rather, like, say, if you were, if I were to hypothetically go to a job that I don't like, because well, I like my job now, I work for family, right? Uh, I put in the effort anyways, and then you know, if you don't like it, then you can just keep keep on keeping on, keep looking, like have a backup plan. Like Bischoff is well off, so it's like if you're job hunting, have a backup plan. He, he has it, and then like a lot of people were like, a lot of the marks. Oh, I, I hate when people talk about marks because I don't take marks as an insult. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, Eric Bischoff should appear on AEW. No, no, he shouldn't. Eric Bischoff should appear on NWA Park Stop. Just stop. He's 60-something years old. He can ride off into the sunset back in Montana and have a nice, happy, retired, blue-chew life. No, you're not wrong about that. Honestly, he probably could come out with, like, one more, you know, controversial book. And he probably would be set for life after that, for the rest of his, oh, you know, yeah. like his rest of his it like ten twenty years. <laughs> yeah, it creates cash, right? Apparently, I, I, that's that's what I've heard. I mean, I don't know if I quite believe it, but maybe I'll watch some of this thing called wrestling, and we'll see if that's true or not. Okay, I just got back from watching uh, nineteen ninety seven. I totally get it. I totally understand. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, it, it is it is a bummer. And best of luck to Eric Bischoff in his future endeavors. Hopefully, you know he can do something really good. Maybe he'll work with another company. Uh, I doubt we'll see him in, like, you know, big companies like AEW or NWA or God knows, they'll probably try to hire him back on Impact. No, they won't. They won't. Never mind. They will definitely not. We've already had that regime one time. We're not having it again. Uh, He'll be in the inner circle. Oh, my gosh. Him in the inner circle. And then half the roster is going to join the inner circle, and then they're going to recreate the NWO, and then the inner circle is going to turn into the outer circle with red and black um, <laughs> with uh, with Kevin Nash as a special guest enforcer, but then he'll take one step and tear his quad. <laughs> and then and then Scott Hall will come to the side, and we'll get another. Uh, we'll call it the uh, the half circle, in which you know there's they only have they're literally just like looks like a half a piece of pie on their t shirts, just oh. because they can. 
Inner Circle 2020, NWO 2000. Oh, God. Hire us. Come on, Cody. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. All right. Enough circle puns. Let's get on to some real shit. And what I mean real shit. Oh, yep. Nope. nope, Hold on. Go ahead. No, I was going to say full circle. Uh, Just just for shit. I mean, this is not one of those things where it is going to be full circle, but then again, maybe it is. Who knows at this point? This is just, this is sad. This is just really, really sad. So, of course, a lot of people that have been following know that WWE had a draft this past uh, this past few, the past couple weeks, I guess we could say, because it started on SmackDown and then it ended on Raw. So let me put it to you guys like this: I'm only going to read off anything that is completely different from what you think. Because I'll tell you this right now: you think Becky Lynch is going to SmackDown? Nope, she's staying on Raw. Roman Reigns going to Raw? Nope, staying on SmackDown. OC, are they going to SmackDown? Nope, they're going staying on Raw. So I'm only going to talk about the ones that have actually changed. Because I don't want to waste so much of my time doing this whole deal where it's like, oh, this person stay on Raw. We already knew that. Because I would just be stupid. Stupid. Um, trust me, he's on the list. <laughs> uh, but one of the major shocks was Bray Wyatt going to SmackDown. Uh, Randy Orton will be going to Raw. Sasha Banks will be going to SmackDown. Uh, we already knew about Braun Strowman going to SmackDown. Uh, Lacey Evans will be going to SmackDown, which was kind of a shock. Kevin Owens is going to Raw. It was a bit of a shock. Lucha House Party is actually getting a change-up. They're going to SmackDown. Uh, also, the Street Profits are staying on Raw. Well, I think a lot of people knew that, but I'm just going to say that just for the sake of argument. Uh, they also had like supplemental draft picks for night one. Nothing really too crazy. Uh, Drew Gulak is now on SmackDown. That's actually really awesome. Heath Slater's on SmackDown. Sin Cara's on Raw. And Tamina's on SmackDown. Why, why would you not keep Sin Cara on SmackDown with the rest of Lucha House Party? That makes no sense to me. Well, he's not a part of Lucha House Party, right? He could, he could be, he, though. He could he be. He could be, yeah. But it's like, well, because he wears a... But it's also like, what's his identity? I mean, he wears a mask. What is Lucha House's party identity? They wear a mask. And they also and, have pinatas. And, 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 yeah. Well, Sin Cara will... FKA Hunako uh, with current New Japan star Camacho, who I don't know who he is. He's like one of the Tonga boys, by Luck Fale or something like that. But <laughs> it's like, hey, we wear masks, so should Ray Mysterio be a part of Lucha House Party then? Oh, oh God, please don't. Um, <laughs> oh God, man, he he would. That would be literally one of those things where it's like we we want to see Dominic versus Ray Mysterio. Please don't have him be like a fail heel faction with Lucha House Party. That would just be stupid. Please. Latino World Order. <laughs> the Latino World Order 2.0. <laughs> hey, I'm going to bring up Halloween Havoc 97 when we get to Bad Blood. Spoiler alert, folks. But, oh, oh, yeah, trust there me. it is. Oh, 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 trust me. I think that this is one of those things where it's like we had two great matches in that month, and Halloween Havoc definitely has one of the best of them. Uh, but getting back to this list here, uh, Brock Lesnar going to SmackDown after he won the WWE title. That kind of made That made sense. Uh, Charlotte going to Raw, which was kind of a shock. Andrade going to Raw, well, okay, that was not much of a shock because, you know, uh, Charlotte going to Raw, Hubby's got to go to Raw too, can't separate the two. Um, also, we have to mention the fact that Zelina Vega is going to Raw, so Aleister Black is going to Raw as well. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors are going to Raw. Rusev's coming to Raw because I guess apparently he was on SmackDown even though he was a part of Raw for some reason, whatever. Um, Zami Zayn was still on Raw. He's going to SmackDown. Uh, Humberto Carrillo 
from 205 Live is coming to Raw, so interesting. Uh, Eric Rowan and Buddy Murphy are coming to Raw. Again, interesting, okay. Bobby Roode is going to SmackDown. Jinder Mahal is coming to Raw. R-Truth is going to Raw, thus splitting Carmella and R-Truth. That's sad. That is actually kind of sad. That is. Um, Miz is going back to SmackDown. Akira Tozawa is coming to Raw. King Corbin is going to SmackDown. Shelton Benjamin is going to Raw. And then we have Liv Morgan coming back to Raw, which was kind of an interesting deal. Cesaro goes to SmackDown. Let's see, Dana Brooke goes to SmackDown. Drake Maverick is going to SmackDown. Although he does have literally the funniest tweet of the week. I think this is tweet of the week for me. Was him just saying, I'm a free agent. And then he reads and tweets himself, I'm no longer a free agent. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, his ride along was good too. The, the one with Mike Bennett had, had Mike and Maria had EC3, Braun Strowman, and, and Drake Maverick. Oh my god. So funny. It's like Braun, Braun and EC3 are just bullying the crap out of him. It's like, hey, you're not sitting in the front seat. Like, no, I always sit, I always sit in the back. Braun, then he just, Braun just grabs him and just, just tosses him in the back and then, here, hold my bags. Just, Puts all this luggage on him, so he's just trapped in all this luggage. <laughs> <laughs> just being a dick. Oh my god! I I, I I want Drake Maverick and Braun Strowman to be a thing now. Oh, they're on SmackDown. Perfect. Have Drake Maverick be his be, be his like manager that literally just gets pushed around. I'd be okay oh, with it's that. Like, or it's like a Kane and X Pac kind of tag team. Yes. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Except when Drake Maverick turns on Braun Strowman, literally nothing happens because Braun is Braun. Well, and because you know, uh, who okay, who would Braun's hypothetical girl be? Alexa well, Bliss. The next match. Yeah, I was going to say next match challenge Alexa Bliss, and then you know uh, they they go away for a while and say, oh yeah, me and hey Kane, I banged Tori, and you get like. Uh, I, I might, uh, me, me and Bliss, uh, yeah, we, uh, we consummate the marriage, uh, don't tell me that, huh? <laughs> He consummates the marriage by having an affair with Alexa Bliss. <laughs> it's, to, it's totally worth it. I, I, it's the stupidest thing I think could ever happen, but I approve of its stupidity because it's so entertaining. Um, so, uh, Iconics are going to Raw, the... Tag team of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to SmackDown, which is kind of interesting, but at the same time, they did lose Charlotte, so I think they do need some star power in their women's division. And rounding off, guys, are the people who were not drafted, at least not yet, because they weren't in the draft pool, I guess, were Aiden English, Leo Rush, The Ascension, Alicia Fox, AOP, The Colognes, Ember Moon, Jeff Hardy, Lana, Lars Sullivan, Mercuria Canales, Maurice, Matt Hardy, Mickey James, Naomi, Nia Jax, Paige, Ruby Riot, Sheamus, and the Usos. Although for Naomi and the Usos, I understand why it does have to do with the fact that, you know, Jimmy needs to get a little bit of uh, some help, we'll say. Because, yeah, there's only so many times where you can have a DUI and... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I made the comment last week about Orton being bulletproof at this point. I don't think Jimmy Uso is in that category. It just, it, it's just frustrating to see that. So, so what can we say about the draft? It's kind of a dud. 
Because a lot of the stuff that we knew was going to happen did in fact happen. They didn't need to have the whole, oh, we're, we're drafting Universal Champ. We're drafting the WWE Champ. It's like, it's part of your brand's championship deals. You don't need to do that unless, you know, we actually had the, you know, World Tag Team titles and the WWE Tag Team titles switch around. Then it makes it a little bit of like, oh, okay, that makes it a little bit interesting. But you had the titles literally called the Raw Tag Team titles and the SmackDown Tag Team titles. There's no reason to build up for that kind of stupid, uh, just that kind of stupidity. Draft was a dud. Was probably the worst draft that was ever made. Um, honestly, you know, the first one was great because nobody knew where they were going. A lot of the ones that happened after that were pretty good because of the fact that you still kind of, you know, like, oh, well, where's this? Where's this? Uh, the 2016 version, I would say, was honestly entertaining. Especially when we get to the point where one pick was made by fucking by Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon just throws his cards in the air like, you know what, F this. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> it's literally that funny. Um, it's... I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to build up and try to establish that, hey, you know, the whole deal with the draft is going to be a big deal. No, you're not going to see these stars fighting against each other, which, I honestly enough, yes we are. We're getting Fiend versus Seth Rollins again at Crown Jewel. Why? They're on different brands now because we got to finish up their deal. You don't. You literally don't. You don't have to finish this whole entire stupidity deal. Just, ugh. Just nip it in the butt, kill it off, let Bray Wyatt do something better with his career. Because Seth Rollins is not that thing. Theories about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the whole draft itself, like, uh, I hated when they brought in, like, the friggin' NFL commentators and, like, the Fox people on that fucking Cletus the Magic football robot guy. Like, for, I, I don't watch that much football, but when I do, like, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so, Howie Long, like, I liked Howie Long because he's, like, he's a Chiefs legend. And he's. I love these guys, were, and him and Terry Bradshaw were like, yeah, I like these guys. And like half of them are dead or retired. Like they, they, they're big fans of like San Martino, Hogan, Dusty, Flair. Like I like that because, you know, they're technically should be part of your wrestling Mount Rushmore. But as I've said last night, uh, if people like Ed and Strangler Lewis, Toots Mott, Luthez, and Carl Gotch aren't on that Mount Rushmore, you're doing it wrong. So you got to go even further back if you want true legends in this industry. But the whole draft room, and it's like they go, <laughs> they draft one guy, or like, you know, Shane throwing his stuff in the air when they fail to draft this guy. But The Fiend, uh, well, let's talk about that raw ending. Uh, you know, I'm a, like, be that, be that, be quiet. I'm going Fiend hunting. Wabbit season, fiend season, duck season. Uh, a lot of people are really shitting on this, and it's like, oh, Bray Wyatt got buried. Uh, Bray Wyatt's over the firefly. No, no. You, like, uh, I have to give you know. For once, I'm going to have to give Slack some some credit and some love here because we rag on the we say fuck Slack, but we rag on the guy, but we actually kind of like him. Um. <laughs> anyways, it's like he's just like, well, no, it's not buried. It's um. The, the Fiend has been released. Bray Wyatt himself, he has no control anymore. Like, Seth doesn't know what he's done, kind of thing, right? Uh, 
yeah, 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 the Firefly Fraud House got burnt down again. Like Bray Wyatt has terrible luck with uh, with arson, unfortunately. Um, he it just he's he's just like I, I'm, I'm just getting on my this this was in the rant with Aunt Chad I brought up, but it was just like this was fantastic storytelling with Bray Wyatt saying, "I saw you, Seth. I see you." He saw the darkness in in Seth, and you know Seth's inner dark side seeping in. Uh, you, you saw the look on Bray's face. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, so sad, so, like, big puppy dog eyes, mopey face, and then he kind of stared at him pissed offedly as the fiend was trying to make his way in. Um, this is that the look on his face is just a dual personality, a disturbed man trying to find peace in his, in his safe space. The Farfly Funhouse is... You know Bray Wyatt's safe space from the fiend, from the other side of his Jekyll and Hyde personality. So now that the fiend has full control, Seth may have "quote unquote" let him in, but now he let him out. And I think there's going to be like another trade, like you know Kevin Owens was having a piss and moan about being drafted to Raw, which why. You're given an opportunity somewhere, KO. I know you're playing to get it, but seriously, dude. Uh, well, can we, come can we, on. Well, hold on. Let me let me pause just for a minute before you continue on. Uh, people have made the really strong case that it seems really stupid that they would have this great matchup between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon to where you know he's the reason why Shane McMahon is gone. He's the reason why Shane McMahon will not be seen on WWE, at least for the time being. And his reward is just to take the brand that he helped save and put him on a different brand. That's kind of my thought process when it comes down to that. And that's kind of what I've kind of been absorbing in the fact that it's like, that actually does make a really, a lot of sense. That they would have, you know, them do this big deal, then he goes off to smack. It would only make sense if they would have had like, you know, like a loser leave Smackdown deal. Then I could see Kevin Owens going. To Raw, but since that wasn't the case, and since he was a reason why he saved SmackDown, why would you reward him by sending him to another brand? Just doesn't make sense. Unless, you know, more money, money to be made, which I highly doubt it. Uh, it, it just made no sense to me to send it to send him over to Raw. Honestly, I kind of want to see Nakamura versus Kevin Owens fight for the Intercontinental title more than anything. That's another issue I have that... And plus, you have Sami Zayn in Nakamura's corner, which... Oh my god, that'd be amazing. It's like, it's okay. I've beaten Kevin Owens one time. That one time is what everybody remembered. Not the million times that I got beat by Kevin Owens. <laughs> That's right. That's why I think, and there's another reason, I think there's going to be, when we saw a blockbuster trade, and then it was just um, the ladies. It was just uh, Bliss and Cross, and everyone's like, what, that's it? Like, I, I think this, this is my fantasy booking silly mind, my hopeful, optimistic, I still... Have hope for the WWE mind uh, that there's going to be another trade. That this one with the ladies was just a palate cleanser. Instead, trade is going to be KO for the Fiend because I think there's like another match between Seth and the Fiend at least advertised. It might have been on Twitter. It might have been. I'm going to look it up while I rant on. No, no, here, no, no. I, a, I know they're what you're have talking a steel about. cage match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you saw that, yeah. And uh, what what I was going on for the the rest of the oh I have to find my my group chat here yeah so he let I was just saying about the fiend he has 
full control. So, you know, that's why the funhouse is gone. Some people were like, oh, Fox doesn't want the funhouse and blah, 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 blah. But we're going to see the funhouse, but I think it's going to be like the fiend is going to be standing in front of the charred remains and, you know, going like, you know, Seth, you have no idea what you've done, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I don't think for a second the fiend's winning the title on on um, Crown Jewel. I think I it's going to have, like, another bullshit finish. Like, probably the double countout. Probably a double countout. Or, like, you know, now the memes are... Now all these friggin' memes. Like, everyone is still talking about this finish, but it's just, like, having a point in... Yeah, I think I just killed Nate. Hmm. <laughs> a pointing meme with, like, a, a guy screaming, be like, actually, it was a ref stoppage! <laughs> I think... Because Seth Rollins is having a... Uh, he's having a field day on Twitter right now. Like, oh, shut up, dude. <laughs> um, that cage match might be where it happens. I think eventually, like, this is going to lead to a fiend with the title title run. Uh, he's still being treated as and trying to be booked as a heel, but this is the this is Roman Reigns all over again with with the crowd. Like, I think they. they they're probably going to pull the trigger and make Seth the heel, but it's going to take a lot of uh, convincing. Uh, there's a word in the middle there that we're going to have to worry about, Vince, um, about that. I, I I still think it's happening, but there's but everyone right now is talking about, oh, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. Like, who says Survivor Series? I said it last week. Who says that Survivor Series is title for title? Maybe they give that a break this year. Maybe they don't. But then again, I saw that Chicago or wherever the hell Survivor Series is is yeah, advertising this five-on-five match that appears to be Raw versus SmackDown. So who knows? Uh, In all honesty, yeah. they don't have to have all champions versus champions matches. Like you were saying, they could give that a break and just have you know championship matches involved with this. They could have, you know, Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar, which, in all honesty, I kind of want that after everything that's been building up for that. As, you know, provided he does beat Kane Velasquez, which I think he's going to at Crown Jewel. I'm just, oh, yeah. that's only my prediction for that, and I really do not care about Crown Jewel to begin with anyway. Um, and I do think that they could do, you know, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, provided they do do this whole trade with, uh, like you were kind of uh, fantasy booking. But. We'll see, guys. We'll definitely have to wait and see how far that goes into. But enough talking about that horror deal. Let's go into a different horror deal. You know what? Before we do that, let's take a little commercial break. Let's just take a breath, get a chance to just cool down. And, guys, we are going to be making history. We're going to be doing a review, and also we're giving you a little special treat. But just bear with us for this commercial break. We'll be right back. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is King Ricky Rose, your co-general manager of WrestleAddict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you enjoy what you listen to each and every week here on WrestleAddict Radio, we invite you to enjoy even more content from us on our exclusive Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, that's right, 
$5 a month. You get bonus content and commentary from each and every show here on WrestleAddict Radio. That means bonus content from the Kings of the Rings podcast, from Not Your Mama Soap Opera, from 4th World WrestleCast, from the Gipta podcast, and from the Game Changer WrestleCast. So for $5 a month, go to patreon.com backslash WrestleAddict Radio, sign up, you get exclusive content, exclusive access to us pretty much 24-7, and exclusive shows that can only be found and are exclusive to Patreon. So again, folks, patreon.com backslash WrestleAddict Radio, $5 a month, all the content that you could ever want in wrestling. Enjoy. What's up, everyone? This is Yo. This is the founder of the King's Wings podcast, Will Tarashek, Teason Thomas, A-R-A-S-H, UK, and you're listening to the Game Changer podcast right here on WrestleAct Radio. You know, we certainly are indeed in the middle of it. It being the Wednesday Night Wars between AEW and NXT. What about WWE? They don't exist in my book right now. Welcome back to the Game Changer Podcast, guys. A part of Wrestle Attic Radio. And of course, we gotta give a shout out to these guys. They are absolutely awesome. Be sure to check out not only us, but also on Wrestle Attic Radio at Attic underscore Wrestle. We have the Kings of the Rings Podcast. The Nacho Mama Soap Opera Podcast, the Gifted Podcast, as well as the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. You have so much variety when you go on to Wrestle Attic Radio. It is almost to the point of unfair, to be honest. So definitely check those guys out. Give them likes, give them follows. Be sure to listen in to, onto their shows. Uh, again, personally, you guys, I gotta give major shouts to Jeff Pomaccio from Nacho Mama Soap Opera because he is absolutely awesome. I love listening to his show. So, Jeff. Know you're listening. More support. Love you, brother. Uh, Soul of the Year. Yes. Wrestle Hub. Oh, jeez. If if we don't win Wrestle Podcast of the Year, Jeff Ramacho definitely does deserve it. He has been running that show by himself. He is on episode fifty. It's like fifty. It is fifty. He just did did fifty, and uh, for you Patreons, five bucks a month. That's right, five. Uh, big, big E. Langston or King Kong Bundy reference here. Uh, yeah, pa- uh, WrestleBot Radio Patreon. He just released, re-released his pilot. No, I am a little behind on, well, most of my podcasts because I keep finding new ones. Like, last week I talked about the Ruthless Aggression podcast with Kyle and Levi. I remembered there was another Ruthless Aggression podcast from across the pond in the UK. 
and I'll say, if you like Attitude Era and um, OSW Review, like, because those guys are British and Irish, respectively, uh, these guys just, they have me keel over laughing. Like, I was working last night, listening to them talk about, uh, was it, uh, something from, like, 2002, 2003, and it, it was funny. So, yeah, all that, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so WrestleHub, I think I have a pinned tweet there for... Voting, I think, actually opens next week. Oh, uh, we find out we found out the nominations and everything like that. Yeah, we'll find out the nominations and all that. Like, I think, I think, like, say, like, we'll probably maybe have duo, um, and then like tri- trio would be like the kings and the fourth wall. You know, oh, yeah. although the fourth wall has been without Smarky for a little while. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Smarky. Uh, What's he? As he sees, he's. In his busy season right now, but he said he'll be oh, right. back at it in a couple of weeks. So I can't wait to hear uh, Bones just uh, shit on Smarky. And I kind of give uh, Doc Hoss a bit of a break. <laughs> J.C. Bones is the man. Shout out to J.C. Bones. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about AEW and NXT before we get into what people really love to hear us talk about, and that's classic pay-per-views. I don't know why, but they really like it. Um we talk about, you know, for AW, I watched only that last night. I didn't get a chance to watch NXT, but from what my co-host had told me, NXT sounded like it was a really good show, and I did miss out on my, uh, ooh, on, on Daddy Blackheart coming back in his in-ring return. I did miss that, but uh, what? I, I'm so sorry, but I have to say, now that you said Daddy, uh, the crowd chanted Daddy Champa. Yes! <laughs> I love it! Oh, Oh my god, Ciampa's the greatest thing in NXT. Keep him on NXT forever. What about putting him up to main roster? I don't no, care about... I don't want him on... No, no, don't. No WWE Championship run. No Universal Title run. I just want him to hold Goldie forever until he cannot wrestle anymore. Which, hopefully, that's going to be for another few more years. Um, but AEW, we had you know some great matches. We had uh, Lucha Bros, as well as... The SCU advanced in the tag team tournament in some really great matches. Uh, The Lucha Bros actually attacked Christopher Daniels and uh, Frankie Kazarian before the match even started. So Daniels was out of the uh, running during the matchup. So Scorpio Sky took his spot. And it was a really good matchup. Scorpio Sky wrestled almost half the match with no shoes on. And I'm literally like top that. He, well, he still had socks on. That's that's at least, Rusev? you know, he's, he's Rusev with socks. Riddle? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, no, they they put on some really great tag team matches involved in that. All that match between Moxley, Pac, Hangman, and uh, Omega was great. Uh, Paige, uh, Pac actually cut his hand open from throwing out the uh, barbed wire broom and the barbed wire baseball bat. And literally, and literally, Moxley was just gave him the double bird, gave him the dirty deeds. Yes, I no, it was it was the dirty deeds, guys. It wasn't his uh, new finisher that he does the elevated uh, double arm DDT, Death Rider. the Death Rider. Thank you. Um, it was just a regular like a double armed uh, DDT they did in WWE, but it's fine. Um, we had a great you know women's title matchup between Rio and Britt Baker, and so many people were complaining. But she's so small, she should not be winning. It's like, she's smart. She was able to reverse Britt Baker's submission maneuver 
to pick up the victory. She's smart. She deserves this title. And Britt Baker, she's going to be the champion eventually, just not right now. And I'm okay with that. I literally said on Twitter last night that, uh, last night from when we were recording this, um, that Britt Baker I thought was going to be the face of the women's division. And in my opinion, she still is. But just because you're the face of the division doesn't mean that you need the title. You just work on helping getting you know other people over while also keeping your stuff at a pretty good stock. And I think Britt Baker has a long way to go. And she's definitely going to help elevate so many women and also elevate herself. So she's literally at a really good point in her career right now because she is one of the she is one of the workhorses of the women's division. Hashtag fight me on that. And also the main event matchup between Darby Allen and Chris Jericho. I was a bit disappointed with this match because I was honestly hoping we were going to get that skateboard with the thumbtacks on the bottom on there. <laughs> but but no. We got something that was, I would dare say, equally as great. And that was that the skateboard said, Darby Allen, A-Dub champ. That was cool. Um, Chris Jericho picked up the victory. Thanks to Mr. Jake Strong. I mean, Jake Haggard, sorry. Um, and we got a celebration where they were celebrating with a little bit of the bubbly, bubbly. With, the, with the inner circle. I am so looking forward to what they do. And honestly, one of the highlights of the entire night was the Cody Rhodes package where literally he rarely talked and it showed everybody that was, you know, associated with him, you know, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Brandy, DDP, MJF, uh, so many people basically talking about how, you know, he's worked so hard to get to this point and how he's kind of earned that spot. And he has earned that title shot. He's not been one of those guys that I've seen be the top tier guy. Well, okay, he is a top-tier guy. I will say that right now. But he's not one of those guys that I always thought, oh, he's going to give himself all the world title matches. He's going to give himself all the ch- opportunities. No, he's been fair to everybody. He really has. He's been literally one of those guys who is so generous and so humble that it is almost ridiculous to a point. Um, so I'm looking forward to Jericho versus Cody at full gear. That's going to be awesome. Unfortunately, I'm probably going to be missing that event because there's another event coming up here in Wisconsin that I'll probably talk about a little later on. I think I'll, talk, I'll discuss it more in detail next week. I'll talk more about that because it is definitely going to be an awesome show. Um, but yeah, AEW, I think they did a fantastic job. I can definitely say that it's another event where I did not feel like I was bored. I did not feel like I was like, uh, it was just all out really great. Um, yeah, that's my prolonged review of, of AEW. So now we get into the NXT part of it. Mr. Fretz, what have you got for us? Well, uh, given that uh, I watched uh, NXT when I got off work, I can give you... Well, you're, you, you gave a big AEW thing. I only watched a... Um, I think I watched like the first half, and then I watched like, a condensed version later. I, I watched the Jericho Darby match. My goodness, that powerbomb on the skateboard. Oh, poor guy. Uh, so we started off this year, we had uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Angel Garza. You know, Ciampa's first match. Um, he had neck fusion surgery seven months ago, and he's back now. He is back fast. This kind of reminded me of that surgery that Kurt Angle got in 2003. You know, WrestleMania 19, and then oh, he came right. back at, like, vengeance. He was back right away. And I've said before that I had a similar-ish surgery as Champa did, but for my back. And I couldn't do contact sports for a year. 
like six months in, I started to play like volleyball and basketball at my youth group. But other than that, nothing. I had to drop gym. Um, yeah, Garza was just trying to be really fast. Um, he uh, caught uh, he caught him with the, with that knee and then hit the elevated DDT, which he calls the Willow's Bell. And is Willow his daughter's name? I only know Willow as you know the Pussy Willow flower, and also Willow as another deal of Jeff Hardy. So beyond that, I I don't know. I really do not Willow. know. <laughs> There was a, a funny bit in the match, you know when you know when Angel Garza like you know tears off his tearaway stripper pants, oh, okay. reveals his shorts. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, he did that and then tried to move on Champa, and then Champa just throws him out of the ring, and then he takes the freaking uh, stripper shorts, which I think is like the Mexican flag, and then he puts them in the corner and does the running knee to the. <laughs> he tries to give give the he tr- he picks up the pants as to try to give them the uh, what's that pedigree face buster he does like uh, oh the the the, the um um uh, uh, the, the hap- happily ever after yes that he tries to give it that and then Garza comes back into the ring but then Champo like slides out this is like a, a slides out of the ring and just decks them uh, after the match undisputed era comes out. Uh, and then they hand a USB drive tomorrow and say, hey, send this to the production truck. So they just they just surround the ring. Champa, you know, sits in his chair, grabs his crutch, just like sitting there kind of ready for him. Undisputed Era just circle the ring and leave. And um, you get that, you know, good, good match. Nice, uh, fun thing. So they show this bit with Undisputed Era or the dream is late. Where you know the dream is laid out backstage. He looked dead. It. I think it gave a great impression that this group is here to control NXT. And then like then William Regal is just like if you see like like mad William Regal with the eyes like oh. So you see this bit where Regal's just like ah, Velveteen Dream can't. Uh, I'm not going to do his accent. I can't do it. Like oh, he can't wrestle. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, Velveteen Dream's laid out. He can't wrestle next week against Roddy as he's selling some injuries here. So Roddy's going to face the winner of Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> Get in there. Next match here was um, the Brick Ambrawlers, you know, Danny Burch and Oni Lurkin against uh, the Imperium, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. And this was just stiff British style wrestling here. Just hard chops, hard kicks, hard shots, like Oni is like a young Ric Flair when it comes to the chops. So get him in a match with Walter and see and see what happens. I know Walter would probably cave his chest in, but it would look like the Walter PCO match from Joey Janela like a year or two ago in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, uh, you, you had your classic here. You had a uh, good back and forth match. Uh, Birch got isolated. You know, Lorcan got an amazing hot tag and. And eventually, you know, the Imperium hits the European bomb, like the power bomb European uh, uppercut. Uh, we had this. I'm going through my results here. Io Shirai and Caden Carter. Like Caden Carter is becoming like one of my favorite ladies in NXT now because she is just friggin' awesome. Uh, but of course, you know, Io Shirai just destroys her with a moonsault. Shirai gets on the microphone and says, "You know, oh, Shayna's mine. The title's mine." Out comes Rhea Ripley. 
and says like, "Oh, you're gonna have to go through me," kind of thing. Like, don't ever say my, like, don't ever let my name come out of your lips again. Like, she's so imposing and so intimidating. Like, Ripley there, she's the future of the WWE's women's division. Like, I think she'll be women's champion by like WrestleMania 40. Like, she is something else. Uh, but, but we had then we had the number one contender match, uh, Keith Lee and Dijakovic, the rubber match. Once again, uh, so you had, yeah, Regal, yeah, you're going to face the winner of this match. These two just keep doing the whole, how the hell can you do it when you're this big? Like I told you off air that uh, Keith Lee did a friggin' Poison Rana. Like, uh, and Nate just died. I apparently <laughs> didn't. I just killed, oh my god, you killed Nate. Oh, I have to comment, uh, Kenny Omega, there was like a part in the Kenny Omega match where they chanted, you killed Kenny. Uh, awesome. <laughs> awesome AEW. I think a friend of the show, Scott Rand, was there from Philly. Shut up, Scott. Um, go, uh, not go Flyers, but eh, you know what, whatever. Um, d- 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 we had just doing moves that you think guys this big should be able to do. Like, Dijakovic was selling a, uh, was selling this arm injury, right? And um, Keith Lee does a frog splash onto the injured arm of Dijak. And, you know, Keith Lee goes for, like, a big-ass big moonsault or, or something here. Um, uh, yeah, he, 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 uh, Keith Lee just goes for this moonsault that then Dijak's going to try and get him, knocks him out in the corner. He was going to go for that um, burning hammer, move that uh, Dijak does for a finisher but he kept selling his arm he couldn't lift the big man so he lifted him up on his shoulders in, in the electric chair you know and that's the spot where Keith Lee hit uh, the poison rana and Keith Lee hit the spirit bomb like the, the sit out last ride uh, Dijak slides up to the ring I think Keith Lee was going to go for that uh, fisherman's jackhammer power slam whatever move he does out comes Roddy Strong Lays them both up with a belt, and Rigo's just like, ha, ha, very clever. He's just like, ah, oh, very clever, you little wanker. Well, he didn't say these words, but he's just like, ah, oh, very clever, you little wanker. You're defending the title against both of them in a triple threat next week. <gasps> Roddy, Dijak, Lee, triple threat, let's effing go. Uh, Matt Riddle wrestled Bronson Reed next, uh, just your typical... Awesome Matt Riddle match. Bro to sleep and uh, a final flash. And uh, Bro Derek, what the hell kind of name is that for a finisher? That's that reverse styles clash, tombstone kind of move that he does. Okay. So yeah, he hit, he hit the Bro Derek, which is impressive because Bronson Reed's a, he's a big, big boy. He's like Keith Lee sized. And we had Tegan Knox versus Tynara... I, well, whatever that name is, I don't know who she is. I'm sorry. Uh, Shiniest Wizard, you know, comeback match. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, damn. I, I just lost it. But it was um, Killian Dane going up against... Um, uh, who was that guy he laid out last week after uh, Trevor Lee squashed him? Oh, um, I don't know, actually. I... Oh, I'm, I'm back on the... This is great audio content, so I just I just lost my results page, and now it's it's here again. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Apple. <laughs> Technology. Bronson Reed. Do-do-do-do-do. Tegan Knox and Tiny Country. Shiniest, shiniest Wizard. Do-do-do-do. Boa. 
Yeah, and uh, he did a modified camel clutch kind of move after a bunch of Vader bombs. So the Beast of Belfast here has a new submission move. So good Oof. on him for that. And the main event, uh, Pete Dunn versus Damian Priest. Holy crap. <laughs> this had, like, big time kind of HBK versus uh, Diesel vibes. But, except that, you know, the big man actually had talent. Um so we had the bru- the, the bruiser weight was just trying to get all the joint manipulation spots in there. There was a cyclone kick set up a Frankensteiner, a, a South of Heaven for a near fall, whatever that move is. I'm just reading results page. Uh, they do a bunch of stuff like a moonsault to the outside, which was just amazing. The referee, uh, the female referee, uh, what's her name in NXT? The the female referee there. Oh, um, 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 um. I know this because I've gotten I've gotten so many likes from her. Um, like Jessica something? Jessica Carr. Thank Jessica you. Carr, okay. Yeah, Je- Jessica Carr, get, they, they're in the corner, and then like she's trying to like get in between them to like kind of break, break them apart, up. but then uh, Priest kicks uh, kicks Dunn in the nuts and then hits the Reckoning for the win. Wow. Like, so they, they had a, a wicked, wicked match. This is a feud I'd love to see go on. Um, Keith Lee and Dijak, they're going to main event a takeover like within the next two years. Oh boy, I, so NXT, I believe that. Yeah, well, that that was a hell of a show. Like I only cut like highlight packs and bits and bobs of AEW. I'm, I might get to watch that tonight, maybe tomorrow night after work. But it's yeah, the the uh, Wednesday night awards, except it's not really a war. Uh, um, another top notch, top notch Wednesday night. Sweet. All right, guys. So now we get into the. Fun part that I think a lot of people love, it's going to be the return of the Great Frets Connection. We're reviewing Bad Blood 1997. Nope, technically it's actually In Your House Bad Blood. So I gotta make sure that I get that right. Uh, It took place in good old St. Louis, Missouri in the Keel Center. This was something that was kind of an interesting interesting name for an arena, but it is what it is. and I think they actually set a record, if I'm not mistaken, for this for this arena. I'm trying to remember what the number was. Um, I just remember that it had ended at a one. It's like it's that one person that made a difference. We've been we've been promoting that for a long time, uh, and it actually had a buy rate of a point six, which was an equivalent to about two hundred and forty thousand buys for this event. So that shows you that there were a lot of people looking forward to the event. That took place here. A couple things before we get into the matches. Uh, they did like a nice little honoring deal for the legends of the. Well, actually, actually they call it the uh, St. Louis Wrestling Club. So they, so they honored Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, Dory, and Terry Funk, Gene uh, Kaninsky. Canada's Canada's badass man. That's right. Can- Canada's favorite athlete. What do they call him? Canada's favorite athlete. Yeah, back in the Stu Hart days, this guy was a fucking train. Right. Uh, we also had Luthez as well as the promoter uh, Sam Sam uh, Muchnick. So this was kind of one of those things where it was really cool to see this guy deal because there were so many people on there. I'm like, oh yeah, Dory, Dory Funk, Terry Funk, the Briscoe brothers, and when you see Harley Race, and literally my heart was like, oh, oh my heart, I just. Luthez, dude. Oh, man, Luthez. Luthez is the greatest wrestler of all time, period, end of story. Don't even attempt to fight me. <laughs> Imagine, I've seen some of Luthez's matches against, like, I, I watched 
historical shit with him and like him and like Gotch and Hackenschmidt. Uh, Lou Fez is the youngest and oldest person to have NWA title reigns at 21. And then, like, he was, like, 50-odd something when he last won the NWA title. And he's, yeah, the Fest Press. Here's your, there's your originator right there. And he was, of course, the protege of Ed Springer Lewis, who was, like, one of your classic uh, catch, uh, uh, stretchy, kind of Stu Hart kind of types. Okay, like, catch point two? Absolute badass. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, I think that was amazing. I think that almost everybody, except for obviously uh, Sam, the promoter, uh, I think every single one of these guys were NWA World Champions, and some of them had like prolonged reigns as NWA Champion. So that's really cool to see that. I that was one of those things where it's like, this is just getting me at the heartstrings. This is nice to have that kind of deal. Why can't they just do that for you know like hometown deals again? Because I would be okay with that. Um, but the main thing that I think took away from this event, other than obviously the main event, which trust me getting it into that it's going to be awesome um was the fact that earlier in the day unfortunately brian pillman passed away which which sucks but one of the things that i will say that they did this is one of those few times where i literally was probably so pissed off that i wanted to turn off the commentary was that vince mcmahon kept bringing that up like over and over and over again it's like we get it you know, Brian Pillman passed away. And I think that what they were saying was that this was kind of their way of being like, you know, like the news where they're basically trying to bring up like, oh, if we have more information, we'll tell you what what happened with this. and blah, blah. Instead of just letting it be like, you know, let the news do their deal. We should pay our respects to the man that passed away. And we, and we kind of, you know, go, go from there because they would not want us to, uh, you know, they wouldn't want us to really, you know, they would want us for a time to mourn and there's a time for the show to go on, which... It's really horrible to say, but at the same time, I think that Brian Pillman would definitely would have said, like, you know, continue on with the show. You just keep going. Um, but I was legit livid when he did this deal, because there's a matchup that happened just before the main event, where it's the eight-man tag team matchup, where he was talking about how, oh, well, you know, we're trying to, you know, make the best of these deals in lieu of the uh, unfortunate tragedy that was, like, you know, the whole Brian Pillman deal. And I know... I know he's not directly saying it, but it really felt like he was saying, like, oh, because this happened, we are trying to, you know, scramble and do this guy's stuff. It's like, it feels like you're blaming this death for all these crazy changes, and it feels like such a dick move. It's kind of one of the things where it's like, I am grateful for the fact that Vince is not on commentary anymore, because that just sucks. This was his last last one, I think. Last one in pay-per-view, at least. Um, Because in the next month, yes, we will just say this, next month is Survivor Series. We'll leave it at that. Oh, please don't make me talk about that. Um, but also, you did hit a really su- you hit a really good nail on the head. Where reminded that you know it got worse the following night on Raw when they were doing oh. like this like Brian Pillman tribute deal. He had an interview with with you know Brian's wife, and it was one of the most horribly done, uncomfortable interviews that we have ever. Scene. And it's one of those situations where it's like, I get it. You're trying to be like the news, but this was not the time or the place. She lost someone whom she loved, and she does not need to have these stupid questions asked to her. It's just, and I think there was like one question where he's like, you know, how does your family move on from this? And it's like, you don't ask that. No, you don't. She, she fucking broke down crying after that. That was 
tasteless. Like Pritchard shat on this. Like they did Bad Blood a while ago, and Pritchard was just like he shat all over that. Like rightfully so, because that was that was absolutely tasteless. Like I was a big Pillman fan. I loved his uh, ECW run. I liked when he came into the Fed, and then it was just an absolute. Well, for lack of a better term, loose cannon. And I, I, I love his son. Like, his son is the absolute image of him. He is. Looks, I've, I've met looks, him. Looks, oh, oh, so cool. He looks exactly like Brian Pillman did in, like, 1994. And I think he's even worn, like, the bangle tights. Like, oh, dude, you're just, you're getting me right here. Uh, and the whole, okay, I was 12 when this happened. The whole uh, Pillman has a gun thing. Oh, jeez, that's right. I, I thought that I thought that shit was real. I thought Stone Cold got shot dead. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Stone Cold. Back <laughs> <laughs> hey, before I was an Austin fan. Austin's like my probably my third favorite of all time after Owen and Brett. But oh, just all the memories that kept flooding back from this and. Uh, yeah, and I'm imagining, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm fantasy booking some stuff here. Like, imagine a match with, like, the young Hollywood blondes against, like, I don't know, the Bucks, the Lucha, no, the Revival. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Hollywood blondes, Revival, in their primes. I just think in my mind would just be an amazing time machine, alternate universe, technical masterpiece of a match. Throw in the Brain Busters in there. They get the Brain Busters versus the Revival on at it. But, yeah, Pillman, you know, he had, like, a really bad motorcycle accident, I think, 95, 96. He had his ankle fused. Like, if you watch his match at SummerSlam 97, he could barely move. And then he had, like, another one, I think, at Unforgiven, where he, if he lost, which he did, he had to wear a dress. But he embraced it. He nailed it. And he... Just he, he like he Perry Saturn that. And if you know what I'm talking about, there was a Perry Saturn thing where he had to wear a dress. But then he turned into a big goth deal where Saturn would like wear like the friggin' leather collar, and then they would be, it looked like an S and M dress. It was weird. weird. But it's kind of like a, it was kind of like the Goldust and Luna deal. Only, yeah, but yeah. not not as like uh, stick and twisted, uh, which we might have to get to for future retro reviews. Oh, but no, there was. The thing with this was Pillman had Terry Runnels as a, God, I don't want to say this word, but slave, not slave. Like, he had her had her as property. I also hate that. Damn it. I, this is the 90s. I can't <laughs> think of a PC term to think about this. But you know what I, you know what I mean. He had her for 30 days, and nice. Bad Blood was when the 30 days was up, and he was supposed to wrestle uh, Mick Foley. Dude, love, and, yeah. yeah, and just so tracks. He was young. He was like my age. I'm he's what thirty. I'm thirty five. And I think Pillman was just about my age when when he died. Like it was, and you can tell. We'll, we'll get into the match here after some way back stuff. But you can just look at Owen Hart's face during his match. Like he was, he was distraught. Like he, you could tell he was just so upset. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the Wayback Machine. I know we usually do this for these kind of shows. So this would be October 97. What happened during this time in 97, other than the obvious? Well, I was in 8th grade. I was uh, 
you know, I was finishing off elementary school. I was in peak wrestling obsession. This was my cousin Johnny. Hey, John. Uh, giving me the results of all the shows because he always used to go to the bar and watch every pay-per-view. Uh, I have here Halloween. I want to talk about Halloween Havoc 97 because we just talked about 98 and how much of a train wreck that was. So we had Yuji Nagata defeating Ultimo Dragon by submission. Awesome match. Chris Jericho defeating Gato, you know, New Japan guy, by submission. Rey Mysterio Jr. defeating Eddie Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title in a title versus mask match. Yes, it's that Halloween Havoc match with these two. My God, watch it. Alex Wright with Deborah defeated Steve McMichael because Alex Wright was with Deborah for some reason. Jacqueline defeated Disco Inferno. Kurt Henning defeated Ric Flair by DQ to retain the United States title. Lex Luger defeated Scott Hall with uh, Larry Zbysko as the special guest referee. So we're getting Larry Zbysko versus Scott Hall at Starcade. That might be a show to look at. Oh, no. Uh, Randy Savage defeats DDP in a Las Vegas sudden death match. And Roddy Piper defeated Hollywood Hogan by submission in a steel cage match. Now, that's a hell of a show. It is. Movies. We had The Devil's Advocate, Ooh. I Know What You Did Last Summer, and Boogie Nights. Video games. Here's one that comes full circle. The first Grand Theft Auto for <laughs> PC. Like your old school top-down cartoony shooter, which was like the... This was like the hush-hush, don't tell your mom and dad about this this game on the PC. Yeah. Like I'd go to my neighbor's house and play it. Okay. And be like, holy crap, I could rob a car. I could drive a tank and kill all these people. But then I just only do it in video games, and you know, because video games cause violence, right, Donald? <laughs> Mortal Kombat 4, Star Wars, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces, Dark Forces, I think 2 or 4 or something like that. So that's, that's all I had for the way back. It was just a very quick trip. I actually forgot about it until a couple of nights ago. <laughs> and I was confused because the theme song to Bad Blood was Steve Blackman's music. Huh. Well, maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to defend it. It's, there's so many things I've defended WWE for. This is one of the things where it's like, it's 97, eh, whatever. I, I watched literally a Shazam uh, 1974 series, which was like really bad acting, PSA kind of Captain Marvel deal. Which, no, not Captain Marvel, the one that we had this year, but Captain Marvel when it was part of the DC Universe. So. It's a completely different character. <laughs> it's, it is, but I still feel like I had to clarify. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, let's t- start going into this. Uh, we only had seven matches for this, so this is going to be probably a pretty quick review, at least for the six matches. But trust me, when we go into the seventh match... <laughs> it's a watch-along, folks. It's uh, a watch-along. Spoiler alert! Um... All right, so first matchup on the card was a handicap match. We had the Nation of Domination, D'Lo Brown, Kamustafa, and Rocky Maivia versus the Legion of Doom, Animal, and Hawk. Now, Ken Shamrock was supposed to be a part of this matchup, but unfortunately due to injuries caused by Farouk, a brutal spinebuster that caused him to have internal injuries, that sucks, uh, he was not able to compete in this matchup. But basically, uh, Hawk... He took the microphone, and he was literally like, dude, we'll, dude, we will F you bitches up like no tomorrow. We're ready to go. Let's do this. And we get like a very physical matchup between these two teams. And honestly, it was what a handicap match should be. They had 
some brief moments where the faces got the advantage. Majority of it was because of the heels. But in all honesty, again, it was really good. In all honesty, I think it was a pretty good matchup to kind of start off the show. Uh, the ending, which we will probably mention this, involved Farouk. He got involved, and he basically distracts, uh, I think it was uh, Animal. Yeah, it was Animal, because they were setting up for the Doomsday device. They were ready to go, but unfortunately, Farouk got Animal's attention. He got thrown out of the ring, and then we see Animal going right after Farouk. Uh, Kama hit Hawk in the back of the head with a spin kick, and we see Rock hit the rock bottom, one, two, three, picking up the victory. And this is also kind of the peak, if not the starting peak, of the whole Rocky sucks chance. So this is when we're starting to see Rock slowly get that metamorphosis into becoming the Rock. So this was kind of an interesting matchup, you know, as far as fan interaction goes. Uh, match itself, you know, it did its job. I I thought it was pretty good. Hate the fact that I saw my tag team, my boys, Legion of Doom, lost. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they'll probably get their win back a little later on. And trust me, when I found out about the results of the you know, tag team title matchup, and I found out, well, okay, who, what would happen a little bit later on, oh, they got their win back. Trust me. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But, Fritz, your thoughts on this uh, opening tag team, this handicap match? Yeah, it, it was a hot crowd opener. This was like the the rock when he was just starting to get his heat and I, I love there is i love the crowd shots you see a guy doing like they do the nation of domination fist and then boom flip the bird yes right yes i love that I did, well, I did the exact same thing a month after this i've referenced this before and i'm going to reference it again but i went to a house show in barry ontario like four days three four days after the montreal screw job and there was a match there where it was the Nation of Domination against the Disciples of Apocalypse and an eight-man tag. So it was like Rocky, Kama, D'Lo, Farouk. And it was one of Crush's last matches in the Fed, actually. He really? got injured and left just after this. So he's just like, like, you know, The Rock has been to many places, but you jabronis and Perry are the worst The Rock has ever seen. Uh, so fun. And just Rocky sucks. It was kind of started before this because... The crowd hated this, uh, you know, plucky, blue-chipper, goody-good baby face. They were, We were getting to the whole advent of attitude. This is still technically a new gen, but, oh, we're approaching the attitude era here, folks, and you can tell. Uh, that spinebuster was sick. Uh, Rocky getting all of his heat. Hawk had an awesome hot tag. And, yeah, you, you, you start off the... You started off right. I was disappointed with the LOD losing, but as we've referenced, they would be getting the tag titles like two weeks after the show, so bring it on. Yeah, roughly about that time. Uh, the next matchup, which they replaced the Dude Love Brian Pillman matchup, was a, uh, like, a like a, we'll call it a minis matchup. I'm not going to call, call them midges because that's not politically correct. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll just call them the minis for this one. We had uh, Max Mini, okay, now I realize I need to change that because of that name, and Nova taking on uh, Masa- Masonic and Tarantula. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed, like, the good first couple minutes of this matchup. I thought that, you know, them doing the whole, you know, heels are getting their comeuppets and they're basically running into each other. I thought that was funny. But then that stick kind of uh, fell flat after a while, and I was just kind of like, okay, this is getting boring now. Okay, let this thing in. And then finally at the point, I was like, please let this matchup end. And it did in the most weird way where 
uh, I think it was Minnie Max did like this uh, crucifix pin on Tarantula, and he kicks out at two, but the referee called for a three. It was a bit of a that that ending was a bit of a was a bit of a, a hot fiery mess. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it's an entertaining matchup. It wasn't one of those matches that I'm going to say, like, oh, it was the worst thing ever. No, it was it was there. It was there for entertainment purposes. I get it. I'm not going to, like, shit on it. Uh, does it get worse than the matchup of the night? I think it's kind of a... Mm, yeah, may, I, it does for me. May, maybe. There, there is one other matchup where it might kind of, you know, where, where it might kind of do, do its thing, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, nothing else really to say about that. Mini Max and Nova win. A lot of short jokes. King being a bit of a dick. But what do you expect? He apparently hates little people. I guess he hates little things. Wonder why. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh. Uh, I completely skipped this match. I tuned out. But I was paying a little bit of attention here to uh, Sonny and Michael Hayes. Uh, oh, the Superstar line. And I called the Superstar line around this time and I got so much shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, do, I remember that. I, this was probably one of the few times where I looked and I said, okay, I understand how back in the day, you know, nowadays it was like, you know, like Tori Wilson, uh, maybe like the, nowadays you would probably see like Sonya Deville, our days, Tori Wilson, back in the day, definitely was Sonya, where like the eye candy, they were there. They didn't need to wrestle, they just needed to look pretty and have a little bit of talent. Thankfully, Sonny had enough charisma, so that kind of saved her throughout the early parts of this deal. Uh, Tori Wilson had the same deal. We kind of trash talk about her wrestling abilities during you know, last the uh, you know No Mercy deal for 2002, but it was still one of those things where like at least she's trying. At least she's trying to at least be talented, or at least trying to be a great wrestler. Obviously, it didn't happen, but at least she, at least she made good with what she had. So I, I definitely do see the. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, nice little eye candy and the joy that people had with Sunny. Uh, speaking of which, she was the uh, special guest ring announcer for this next matchup, which was for the tag team titles. And one thing I will say about this is that she does a great job of that. And the fact that she talks about you know her history with tag teams, and it's like she did manage a lot of teams during this time. She including was, the Godwins. That's that's true. This is very true. Um, Speaking of which, yep, they're the ones challenging the headbangers for the tag team titles in this matchup. I'm not going to lie to you, Fretz. First time seeing the Godwins in this deal, I was literally thinking, I'm scared. These guys are like those really crazy hillbillies you would see in horror movies that try to, you know... Deliverance. Yeah, it's, it, it is like deliverance. It's one of those things where I'm just literally like, I'm scared of these guys. Even like throughout the matchup, but like, I don't, I don't want these people on my screen anymore. Is that, and here's Uncle Cletus. No, get him away. Get him away. You know who he was? Who was he? Do you remember a wrestler by the name of T.L. Hopper, the plumber? That was him? Yep. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I believe that was... Uh, I'm, I'm going to verify this right now, but I believe T.L. Hopper was... Um, was Uncle Cletus? Was was Uncle Cletus. He, he did not last long at all. So, this, like... This is his only pay-per-view appearance, folks. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> right? Um, the match itself, I thought it was pretty serviceable. Uh, nothing really, like, too crazy. The head, the headbangers definitely were fan favorites, and they talked about the crazy, uh, like, the, the crazy, you know, stuff that they were wearing. Uh, that Like, I think, like, the piercing of the tongue, they did, like, a slow-mo of just that. 
Twitch, I'm like, what the fuck? No, we don't need a slow-mo of that. I'd rather focus on the matchup. Thank you. Uh, yeah, honestly, it was a pre pretty interesting matchup. Uh, we can't really deny, you know, Uncle Cletus that well of not being a successor for the tag team division, for well, his first tag team, because he's the reason why they won. Uh, we got that kind of, well, now what we know is like that uh, Batista Cena uh, powerbomb deal where one of the headbangers is going for a dive. We see one of the, God, well, we see one of the Godwins, bam, hits a powerbomb to connect. One, two, three. Godwins are the new tag team champions. But it doesn't end there, folks. Oh, no, 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 no. They decide, hey, we won. Let's celebrate by beating the crap out of the headbangers. So they're just beating down on Mosh and Thrasher. And the referee talks to Howard Finkel and lets him know that, hey, if you guys don't get out of the ring, then you will the results will be reversed and you'll be lose by DQ. And, you know, headbangers would still be the tag team champions. This, of course, infuriates the Godwins. They go up to... They go up to Howard Finkel, who made the announcement, and here's Tim White. They're like, I made the call. I made the call. Don't be focused on Howie. Focus on me. I made the call. And I was like, wow, Tim White, he's standing up for an official. You brave man. T T Tim White is the bravest referee of all time. I'm calling that right now. I mean, Earl Hebner, love, love what you do, but Tim White has kind of got you beat on that one. Yeah, look at look at uh, Judgment Day 2002 if you want if you want to know ooh, that. Ooh, uh, ooh, yeah, this, once I saw Sonny, I'm just like, oh hi puberty, how are you? <laughs> Her voice, my my, it's like, ah, da, 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 da. it's like she was almost as bad as Deborah was when she did some ring announcing in 2000. Ooh. Like it was, it was very bad. And then Woof. they were referencing. They were referencing when uh, Sonny got slopped, and the rumor and innuendo, well, you know, about that part is, is uh, someone came in the locker room and was like, it's like, Sonny's getting slopped tonight, just puts the bucket in the middle of the room, my hands are clean. So, wrestlers, well, you probably can imagine what ended up in that bucket, um, especially if, uh, wait, no, X-Pac was not there no, X-Pac might have been on his way out to WCW at this point. This was, like, early 96. Uh, and then there's the, and then Jerry's just like, this is the worst thing she was ever involved in! Oh, buddy, just you wait. Uh, <laughs> right. She pooted. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, oh, I, I, thought, I thought we were going to LOD 2000. <laughs> what? I thought we were going the LOD 2000 route. Oh, no, no, no. No, uh, I was not. I was going, like, Happened a couple of years ago, which we'll never talk about again. Um, yeah, no, 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 just no. because Bruce Pritchard in OSW Review actually reviewed it. Oh God! Yeah, it was funny as hell. Um, so I liked how uh, the headbangers were like the Eric Rowan of its day with all the heavy metal T-shirts. Like typo negative, get right in there, headbangers. Be like, you'd have typo negative shirts, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, ACDC. Uh, who else would have been big metal apps at this point in time? I could have swore they had like a Beavis and Butthead shirt in there at some point, but just, ah, uh, man, it, it takes me back. I'm a big like metalhead here, right? Uh, that move that Mosh was going for was actually his finisher, like a seated senton off the top rope, kind of like the Molly go round without the go round. Okay. Like a Mosh, a Mosh pit, like a flying butt thing. Mosh pit, but you get like uh, Henry just kind of botched that power bomb. Just a little bit. It was kind of bad. But, yeah, you had 
deliverance, creepy Godwins. You know, they're not the don't go mess with country bulls anymore. Unfortunately, you know they dumped Hillbilly Jim for this guy. Uh, but after spoiler alert, they lose the tag titles to the LOD. Uh, they just beat the shit out of Cletus, and then eventually become uh, suits and problem solvers for Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next matchup on the card here is the shortest matchup on the card, actually. That is for the Intercontinental Championship, the second matchup that was for a title, because uh, the main event was actually for a contendership, not a championship. Um, this is probably the least amount of title matches I've seen on a card, I think. So it's kind of a bit of a shock to me, now looking at it. Um, Owen Hart taking on Farouk for the title. Uh, honestly... I think what made this matchup great was Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because Owen Hart had his wrestling deals, and he's, you know, even on a bad day, he is still at least the reason why most wrestling matches he's in has that one star. Uh, yes, I'm giving a lot of credit to Owen Hart because he's amazing. Fight me. Also put him on the Hall of Fame. God damn it. Yes. I, apolog- I apologize for saying GD, but it's at that point now where it's like, he deserves to go in. Um, yes, he does. Uh, but Stone Cold Steve Austin start just coming out. He's going to present the title to the winner of this matchup, quote unquote. We see, <laughs> we see Stone Cold be forced to sit down by Sergeant Slaughter of all people, and he grabs the, uh, the the hammer from the timekeeper, rings the bell. Vince McMahon is just having a hissy fit of like, oh, is he the the timekeeper now? Damn it! What the hell is going on here? He grabs, he grabs Vince's headset and he just starts going off on Owen Hart and Farouk. It's so funny. And he even then gives him back his headset and he just says, says, well, I'm going to give this back, back to you so you can actually do your damn job and call this wrestling match. It's one of those things where Stone Cold's like... Oh my god. Yeah, he goes to the Spanish announce table. I remember that. That was awesome. He just grabs like Carlos Cabrera's headset just starts going off. <laughs> I would have loved. I would have loved if he would have just done like some deal where he's like, "Yeah, hola, amigos, how are you doing? How would you like a beer or some shit?" And like, adios, you sons of bitches. Just throws the headset off. If he would have done that, that would have been. But then go to the French announce table and be like, "Ah, I'm not going to translate that, folks. If you if you if you're from Ontario, you know Quebecois swear words." I I legit would have loved it if he was like, oh yeah, I know a little Fre- Fre- French to you. Screw you. Pardon my French. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That's like Norm MacDonald joke style right there. Him doing his, <laughs> doing his Burt Reynolds. It's so funny. Uh, but, you know, the matchup itself wasn't like the greatest, but it's, again, because of Owen Hart that at least it's, you know, it's, 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 it's passable. Um... Stone Cold Steve Austin would hit Farouk with the title belt, unbeknownst to the ref, because Jim, the Anvil Nightheart, got involved. Then Owen Hart just flops on over to Farouk like nothing. One, two, three. Owen Hart wins the Intercontinental title. Uh, the mat- matchup ends, and Stone Cold Steve Austin just chucks the icy belt into the ring for Jim to just pick up and just give it to Owen Hart. Uh, Farouk is just all pissy and moaning, like, "Oh, we're Stone Cold. Well, damn, man, that was not. That was a stupid outcome. Damn, Stone Cold got in my business. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> you no, know? uh, maybe I used one too many dams, but whatever. Um, yeah, honestly, this was probably one of the highlights of the entire show. 
was you know Owen Hart winning the title again because that meant we were going to get Stone Cold and Owen Hart again, which we did at Survivor Series, and it was a great matchup. Um, thankfully, it didn't end the way that the '97 SummerSlam match ended. Thank you, Lord. Um, but yeah, it just definitely kind of set the pace for what was eventually going to happen uh, about a month down the road. Honestly, I think that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Owen Hart is an underrated feud. I'm not gonna lie. Totally, man. I uh, I enjoyed this, and just seeing this made me realize how much I miss Owen Hart. Oh uh, shit! I gotta mention this. Also, he was two-time Slammy Award-winning Owen Hart with the Owen three sixteen shirt. I want that so bad. If any if anyone out there has an Owen three sixteen shirt, can get out there and get a hold of it. Hit, hit me up. I'll I'll pay you. Like uh, <laughs> Owen three sixteen. I just broke your neck. And it was around this time I bought the Austin 316 shirt. It was actually at that house show. And I wore it to church once. And only once. <laughs> I'll say that. I wore it to, like, I wore it to like, uh, uh, so like the kids club church group, Alana. I've told you about that. The Bible verse memorization thing. Yeah, I only wore it once. Even, like, my grade 8, like, my elementary school was kind of, like, taken aback from it. It was mostly because of the skull on the back. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Buzz cut Owen. Oh, Buzz, Buzz cut, cut Owen. Owen. Like just being an absolute twat. Uh, like uh, Vince is just like, hey, no, Austin Vince, don't look at me like that, Vince, or I'll knock your life out. Then oh, he goes God. to the Hugo Savinovich and Tito Santana, and immediately I'm like, Austin versus Tito in their primes. Let's go. Uh, Ray Rougeau, of course, one half of the Fabulous Rougeaus with the Mountie. And Austin is going all over the place. Imagine if he did that today. He'd take the whole fucking pay-per-view going to each language table. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, my like, gosh. You see, like, and here we have Funaki and uh, Yamaguchi-san, and, and Austin's just there. Then, like, and next we have Ray Rashon, you see him running. Ah, 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 damn, kid, there's too many paper, there's too many languages here. <laughs> I was honestly God, I would be that person that would sit in the vents. Remember when Stone Cold like took your headset off and just did this kind of deal? I wanna do that for like for like the entire night. Just like even if it's like segment by segment by segment deal and just literally <laughs> have a conversation with just the people that are there. Like, oh I know a little bit of Hindu, I know that your stuff is spicy, so you know. Uh thank you very much for reminding me that there's things worse than Taco Bell. <laughs> Well, I know better Russian, so I can go to the Russian table and be like, ah, привет, коктейла, хорошо. It's like, oh, how are you? Thank you. Oh, wait, спасибо. It's like, oh, коктейла. Then after I leave, спокойно ночи, which is good night. Yeah, I I, I, I worked with a couple of Russian girls. They were super sweet and smoking hot. Um, (laughs) What a shock. (laughs) Um, I I worked in this, one summer I worked in this kitchen. It it was at a camp up north, uh, Halliburton. It was a catering company out of Quebec. So we had like 10 Quebecois, one guy from Paris who was the best pastry chef I've ever met. His Michael's croissants. uh, Michael's Café Laberry in Lindsay, Ontario. Big shout out. Go there if you're ever in the area, folks. Um, a Mexican, an Albanian, two Russians, uh, me, and a guy from Toronto lasted a week. Dang. That is quite the melting pot, for a lack of a better term. I'm sorry if that's a bad I don't know if that's a bad thing, a bad term to use now, but that's. <laughs> it was a lot of cultures all at once. And it, got, it was just like, 
the sous chef would start giving out uh, directions in French, and I understood him be- because I knew what he was saying. And it's like, it's like, ah, oh, Antoine, Lavatin uh, Lomano, something, something. Uh, James, I'm like, I got it, dude. I know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Seidberg, Seidberg here. Just Austin going to all the tables. Your classic Ron Simmons Spinebuster and just Austin going to town on Owen. Just that feud was amazing. I love that they were still using Stone Cold despite the fact he was still kind of hurt. Uh, but then when he laid out Farouk, I'm just like, wait, what? You want you let Owen oh you let Owen win so then when you win back the Intercontinental title it's that much bigger you add a little bit of what's that I'm doing that guy with the salt emoji uh, pinching the salt emoji oh, here yeah, yeah, on yeah. camera here so, folks uh, yeah yeah I thought this was a great match you know Owen Hart can put on a, a good match against anybody he can make anybody shine. And I look at the roster today and, and just imagine how good of a match he would have with almost anyone. Like, he had a dark match with Kurt Angle right before he died, and just to be a fly on the wall for that. Oh, Owen. Oh, man, I miss you so much. Uh, shout out to Ant, because it's also Ant's favorite wrestler. Yes. Oi. Yes. Oi. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we go into the eight-man tag team matchup in which we had... Los Boricuas versus Ace and Nate's version one. I mean, the Disciples of the Apocalypse. I am sorry, but as soon as I saw these guys and how they came out, I literally thought to myself, hey, Aces and Nate's. Oh, they're not? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like, Aces and Nate's done right more than likely. But they're known as the Disciples of the Apocalypse. I'm still calling them Aces and Nate's version one. The better version, let's face it. Um, honestly, it was a pretty chaotic eight-man tag team matchup. Literally, I think the referee gave up halfway through, like, you know what, I'm just going to let these guys just do what they do and just let them beat each other up and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, Savio Vega, once again, proving that he can just be a shine in any pile of poo. Uh, just, you know, when they were doing, like, the whole deal where they're throwing, like, everybody into one of the guys, they do the clothesline, 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 Savio Vega runs into the corner. Boom! Wheel kick into that corner. That was awesome. Uh, matchup ends, though, with, the, uh, with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, which don't really see that kind of a finish, but honestly, it was kind of cool. Kind of nice to see that. Disciples of the Apocalypse pick up the victory. And this was kind of like a hit-or-miss kind of matchup. Nothing really too crazy for me. Um, it, it was. I think it was just kind of there because they obviously needed to fill in the gap. I guess they realized, oh, we actually have a little more time. Let's, let's do this. So, this was kind of a match that was thrown together, but it was, it was serviceable. It was kind of it was like, eh, it's kind of there. It's cool. Gang Warfares, these eight guys had so many matches in 97. It was like the, uh, what's the most overblown, overbooked, overdone feud recently? Uh, I don't know. Brock and Roman. Yeah. Pardon? Brock and Roman. Worse. Oh gosh, even worse than that. That's saying a lot. Oh no, there's like almost every pay per view from SummerSlam on just had any variation of these eight. Like, uh, and they were so they're bad. I mean, you're right about you know Salvio Vega being like a shine, like a, being a diamond amongst the turds, especially when he was quiet, which was a turd of a gimmick. But he could put on a good match, do a good super kick, and do a green mist once in a while. Uh, 
though, and if you like Tilt a World Backbreakers, then you'll love DOA versus the Truth Commission at Survivor Series 97. <laughs> they, they went with a scoop slam. The match was O for fuck's sakes, and Chains was fake taker. Yeah, yeah, I think we can leave it off of that. I think that's probably the best way of putting it. Uh, so we go into the pre-main event, which was a flag matchup, and they made a special stipulation that you could win by three ways. By pinfall, submission, or retrieving the flags. Guess what? That part stipulation didn't matter. Uh, to the flag! <laughs> we have the Patriot, who used Kurt Angle's old theme music, which is so, it's so weird hearing that theme music without the, you know, you suck deal, but... This was the first guy who did it, and did, did he suck? Yes and no, per se. Uh, Patriot, yes. Patriot and Vader taking on Bret Hart and the British Bulldog. Uh, Fretz, I'm going to have you take over for this one, because i got to handle some business, and we got to get set up for this watch-along, so I'll have you take over. This match, floor is yours, my friend. Well, this won't take long. I didn't take that many matches, but this was in the middle of your classic America versus Canada feud, the Heart Foundation versus the world, uh, anti-Amer- classic anti-American this, anti-American that. Uh, I was a huge mark at this point in time, so I had a hard time cheering for for the Heart Foundation, despite the fact that they're also Canadian. Looking back, I would cheer the absolute crap out of them now. So I get Vader and the Patriot. I'm looking in this match, and I'm looking at this pay-per-view, and it's just so tragic because there's a lot of uh, deceased wrestlers in this, and it's so it makes me so sad. So what we had here was your your classic feud. Uh, side note, Sideberg, uh, that the uh, the Patriot Kurt Angle music was also used by Sergeant Slaughter in December at In Your House to Generation X when Sergeant Slaughter wrestled Triple H in a boot camp match, an old school hardcore gimmicky match that Sarge used to use in the 80s uh, and probably the 70s, maybe even when he was the Iraqi sympathizer, he did a variation of this as well. So you get a game of capture the flag, but in the wrestling ring, taking me back to public school, saying, capture the flag, flag put blah, 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 blah. And some spots in here, you had Brett suplexing Vader. What? Uh, I mean, I believed it when I saw the British Bulldog do it. Like, he can... British Bulldog held Vader up for the friggin' side suplex, which is just unreal strength, uh, probably uh, assistant strength, if you know what I mean. Uh, the ref just cannot control this match, and Vader does a moonsault in which he lands on his feet when he fails to connect with the Bulldog. Wow. Uh, and looking at this, this is just a stiff potato fest match. I think there was a lot of a lot of receipts handed out in here. Uh, but of course, we see a, uh, a bell get involved. Someone gets their bell rung. Uh, pun intended. A fan gets in the ring, and if you remember what happened in the Eddie Guerrero RVD ladder match, what happens when a fan gets in the ring uh, is uh, a bad, bad thing. And Canada wins. And yeah, this was fun. I think it. All these guys were kind of working hurt. Like the Patriot was hurt. Vader was hurt. Uh, Bulldog, they, they might have all been hurt, but based on, despite that, they put on a good match. Uh, Canada wins this match. 
uh, please stand up for the national anthem that I'm not about to play. But yeah, not bad, not bad at all. I this was kind of one of those matches where it was it was it was okay for me. I think that maybe went a little hair too long. Uh, one thing I do remember for this match was the Patriot, quote unquote, reversing the sharpshooter on Bret Hart, and I literally thought to myself, wow. Who'd have thunk that we would have had somebody worse than Lady C. Evans trying to apply a sharpshooter? Congratulations, Patriot. You've done it. You've made me appreciate Lacey Evans that much more. <laughs> Only by like a grain of salt, though. So if that makes any sense. Uh, so, guys, we would go into the main event, but why not just listen in on it more? Because we're going to be turning it over to the quote-unquote WWE Network because we're going to be watching along with each other to watch the main event of Bad Blood. So we're going to take a little quick commercial break, get everything set up, and we'll be back, and we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. So stay tuned. The first ever Hell in the Cell match will be reviewed in just a bit. Hi, I'm Nate the Effing Great. You know what's really fun, you guys, is just spending some time creating wrestling moments, whether it's being in the crowd, cutting promos, or just really kind of beating each other up with a chair or a trash can. Well, let's just say that there's a safer way to doing that without using the actual chair or a trash can. Go over to Great Minds Revolution Incorporated. My buddy Kurt has actually created a very safe and fun way to be a wrestling fan without the necessary lawsuits of basically beating each other up with real stuff. He has an inflatable chair that is really fun to just whack around, and it could also double as a little float floaty for a pool. He also has the inflatable trash can, which, you guys, is really awesome because, let's say, maybe you don't want to use it for wrestling matches. You could use it at your barbecue, your next big tailgate party, whatever you could think of. Great Minds Revolution, Inc. They do a great job on making wrestling fun again. Proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring Podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Hey guys, this is Nate the Up and Great. Hey, have you ever wanted to be a champion but can't seem to really find the money and the time to get a championship belt? Well, you know who's a really good friend of mine? AJ from AJsBelts.com. These guys have a large assortment of championship belts, from classic belts to the modern day belts to championship belts that you would not even believe. And guys, like I said, they work with you very well. With an awesome layaway program, there is no way that you can beat these guys' prices as well that these guys' deals, especially when you can give them a little bit of money every now and then until you can get that championship gold. Coming from a guy who's a champion and a game changer, I'm Dean Nate the Effing Great, and I'm representing AJsBelts.com, proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. Everyone, the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Mal. You are listening to the Game Changer Podcast, sending lots of love from California. Pointless to memorizing, links that writing blind. They calculate who we are, shedding the skin of bizarre. They make their poison. Analyze what we cannot energize Hatred is 
I do that because of the fact that you mentioned Willow, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. And you're witnessing history for the first time here because on this podcast, we're going to be doing our own version of a watch-along as we will be watching the main event of In Your House Bad Blood on October 5th, 1997. Uh, honestly, this is the first time I think I've done this for a wrestling event in quite a while, actually. Because the last time I think I did something like this was with Max, either for, it was either for WrestleMania or was it for something like that? I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but we also do this stuff for like Oscars and stuff like that. So this will be kind of interesting to see how well this goes through. So if you guys do enjoy it, be sure to leave us a like, leave us comments, let us know what you guys think about it. Uh, I think that Mr. Fretz and I are just about ready and set up. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Uh so if you're all watching on the network, we're just going to vamp for a little bit while we let you get acquainted and set up. Um, I am on the network version. I don't know how much bandwidth this is going to allow me to do with my crappy internet, but I am at 2 hours, 9 minutes, and 37 seconds. And you should see uh, Sergeant Slaughter's uh, big chin here on, on the screen as they're setting up the ring for the cell. So are you at... Two, 20937, Nate? I'm at 20937, so ladies and gentlemen, here we go. This three, is bad, bad blood. So let's, let's do a countdown. Okay. So three, three two, two, one, bam. Alright, here we go. To get some volume in there, maybe we'll get some, uh, some of it on the TV, so hopefully my phone will catch it, but now we have... Uh, Sergeant's just looking up there. Uh, that that man gave me a Cobra Clutch earlier this year. I think we've definitely talked about that. It was a fun time. I thought that was awesome. And yeah. look, it, it's Triple H. I mean, Hunter Hurst Helmsley and the late great China. Awesome. Uh, man, early degeneration next year. And I think we're going to see uh, another former member who is no longer with us coming up here with, with them. Oh, that's uh, right. We're pointing to the... To the entrance here, Howard Frank. Oh, uh, uh, you know I forgot he, Michaels ever held the European title. It was <laughs> that his reign was that's, that memorable. That's right, I remember this. I mean, yeah. he—it's literally like he beat the British Bulldog, and that was, and that, and that, and that was all kind of like the history of it. And then, hey, yeah, the insurance policy. You know, like a, there was a whole story behind it here. Uh, at one night only, just a month before, uh, British Bulldog had a, a sick relative, a dying relative or something, and they were like, yeah, I'm going to dedicate this match to her, and uh, we're going to do this for her, and then at the last minute, Vince is like, oh, no, we're going to put the title on Shawn Michaels for the heat. God, that's... And that, that's horrible. Dick move. This is a dick Total move. dick move. Peak, this was peak asshole HBK. Oh my god, I love P. Castle HBK. I, I remember... And, uh, here, oh, sorry, go. <laughs> I was going to say, I remember like all the skits that they used to do, especially when they had that uh, grilling deal in, in the middle of the ring, and they just are talking all these wiener jokes, and Sean just looks like he wants to bite that large sausage, and he's just wear the stupid little chef hat. <laughs> oh yeah, then he's just like, he's like, he's like, Triple H is all like, we're gonna separate the men from the boys, and it's like cocktail wiener 
then it's just like a big ass deli sausage before it gets sliced. Oh my like, gosh. yeah, boys, you're overcompensating. At least I'll be honest with. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> As we yeah, watch Hell in the Cell, we, we see here uh, the late great Rick Rude. Oh my goodness! If, if there was anybody, <laughs> I wish you could, you could still go at this point in time. This guy was something else. Like he was a genetic freak before there was genetic freaks. Uh, I don't know how much of it was assisted, but uh, in his prime, Rick Rude was something else. He was a he was a specimen. Oh, Jesus. like uh, him and Kirk Henning and oh, Storm Clouds going. Yep. But you got him and Kurt Henning uh, went to the same high school in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. They're like oh. lifetime mates. I'm, I'm getting and, chill. I'm getting chills, dude. Anytime Undertaker's uh, music hits, it's just it's always bone chilling. Yeah, I was getting chills too, but I shut my window. Like my place gets really <laughs> no, my apartment gets really foggy and moist because it's technically this apartment I mean, used to be a garage. Now it got transferred into like a. An apartment building, and it's been for quite some time now. Oh, okay. But uh, I always have to have dehumidifiers going, so the moisture doesn't create a lot of mold. That's like earlier in the show, uh, I had to step my in my living room turned on, so I had to go and turn it off so I don't get too much in the show. Like whenever I have my fans going, like by my bed, because yeah. I'm in my bedroom here right now, uh, the fans always make it on the podcast. And it sometimes it drives me nuts. I can only imagine what uh, some of the audio listeners think. But oh man, here we go, Taker. Oh, yeah, it, he, he he gets me gets chills every time. I don't have him right now, but just my lord, this entrance. And honestly, I kind of dig the whole you know lights kind of flickering before they just went completely out. That actually did say, you know, hey, something wicked this way comes. That's a Disney reference for those of you that are under a rock. Uh, but my God. I don't is, get that one. <laughs> I'm there, a Disney guy too. There, there, there was actually a movie called Something Wicked This Way Comes, so that's where the that's where the reference comes uh, from. Okay, I, I haven't watched that much Disney in the past. Like the last Disney movie I watched, and it wasn't by choice, it was Frozen. <laughs> no, I, I wonder uh, how I many people are going to be now like freaking out like Fred doesn't watch Disney stuff he hates Frozen no, like, I, <laughs> no 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 no. here's the thing I do watch Disney stuff I just haven't watched a lot of current like I, uh, I still haven't seen Toy Story 4 I actually kind of refused to see that movie uh, because of how Toy Story 3 was just the perfect ending yeah. in every way possible and then oh screw it let's do Toy Story 4 because money no, 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 thank you. Bo Peep's back. I don't care. Still, no. Um, oh. No, I, I was coming. I was coming back. Oh, there. Oh, I'll wait. Just uh, here come right. the lights. He's okay. a, oh, he is. The, he is a tease. The, he is such a tease. Uh, come He's on. Like, no. Like, he, oh, we don't know if he's gonna. Oh, oh yeah, you're. Okay. I think you're a little bit ahead of me, bro. Uh, what you, there it is. Yeah, I'm like three seconds behind you. I'm oh, three 15, seconds? 25, 26, 27. Yeah, band, bandwidth problems, man. But we could probably still vamping with this. Like, oh, uh, God, yeah. Uh, last couple of weeks, uh, Bones and um, Doc Haas, shout out, fourth wall guys. We swear we're not ripping you off. Um, they, they did a couple of watch-alongs with uh, AEW and NXT matches. And I, I must say, they're just... 
so entertaining to listen to just because it's Bones and Haas. They, they were talking about some stuff, and they referenced me last week because, well, they were talking about uh, Alex Trebek, who's sadly, you know, he's has like stage four cancer, and we yeah. don't know how much longer he has, and it's so sad. And, you know, Trebek's a fellow Canadian, and you know, I've, been, I've watched Jeopardy as long as I can remember, like, not in recent years. But he's just a staple in Canada. Oh. And then he mentioned something about Eddie Van Halen. And I've heard conflicting reports about Eddie. And I hope to God that he's okay. He's like the best guitarist of all time. But uh, here we go. No, uh, Mike Michael's here. Just running away. Take her. Just stalking like hair. Teardrop tattoo. He's, he's stalking him. Michael's is backing down. Uh, they're, they're, the bell just rang. Yeah, yeah I think I think I got I think I got us in sync now because I think we're either like only one second apart or just like a millisecond yep. apart. Oh, duck close like boot off oh, right on the chops. Mr. Just how good HBK can sell. This was like HBK selling for Hogan, but not Hogan, but not being a dick. <laughs> right, he's selling because well, you know he's got to be the top guy. He's got to be that. He's going to be the champion again. He's got to be amazing. Well, well, he, he's selling because, for Taker because A, he wants to, and B, if you don't sell for Taker, he will murder you. That oh, is true. man, that counts off the turnbuckle. Oh, God. It's just. <laughs> uh, but, but back to the whole Frozen spiel. Uh, about five, six years ago, I was at uh, my, uh, my, my alma mater, uh, Emmanuel Bible College in Kitchener. Uh, they were having like a big uh, the, a 75th anniversary celebration. Oh, choke slam! No, boot! Not not yet. Uh, having a 75th anniversary celebration. So my friend and I from up here in Sabo went for a ride, and on the way home he had his small kids. So he's like, "Okay, we're gonna watch Frozen." Like, and I'm in the backseat of the car with his daughter. Like, huh? Okay. And if you want my take on it, eh, Ooh. just it, it's, it's okay. It's no oh. good. It's not oh bad. It's okay. <laughs> that oh that Ric Flair tumbling over the the top rope spot. Oh, just so good. Like sure, sure as hell the in history. Nope. What's that? I was gonna say sure as hell the sub in history. Nope. Just um, it's, it's literally just him getting tossed in the turnbuckle. He gets punched. One, two, three. It's over. What? What? Was like Bray and Seth the shortest Hell in the Cell match? I'm pretty sure there was like a Hell in the Cell match. It was like a dark match. That was the shortest one. Oh, that doesn't count. That's true. It, 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 this is an AEW dark. They don't air that shit. Also, maybe CM Punk versus Taker was the shortest. They had a so much? They did. And that's where CM Punk was slowly getting buried again. Hey, old school. Yay. Oh, old school. Back when it wasn't called old school, it was just called school. <laughs> it's just called school. It's just called flying up in the air school. No, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, Taker's been in the fed for like seven years at this point. And yeah, oh, it's shit, just right. anything that you think is old school with the hindsight of 22 years is not, it's just called school. It is crazy to think that he's seven years in the business, and he went, and only this year he won the title for the second time. That's insane. Yeah, he had the title for a cup of coffee. 
in uh, 91, and uh, that might be a show we should uh, talk about come Survivor Series. <laughs> Tuesday, oh, the 91 uh, Survivor Series? Yeah, 91, and probably throw okay. in uh, Tuesday in Texas to go with that. Might as well at this uh, point, because it, it did set yeah. the bar for one of the best matches of all time. Oh, yeah, and I... I oh, 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 backdrop. Oh, okay, funny thing here. Uh, there's, like, I told you about the two versions of the Ruthless Aggression pod. I think so, yeah. Yeah, the American one with uh, uh, Levi and Kyle, shout out. I gave those guys a big-ass shout-out last week and uh, sent them a message. They, they call the back the, Kyle calls the back body drop a spagingo. A spagingo. I don't what know why. Why is there a black rose? There? rose? there a random flower on the floor? There is. Was Eddie was Eddie Guerrero there or something? I I don't know, dude. I mean, it's a black rose, so maybe it was rosemary. For all we know. Ah, uh, yeah. This would have been a uh, a very young Rosemary at this point in time. This is very true. And, oh, gosh. Uh, great colleague, Chopo, right here. Uh, thumb to the eye. Classic classic dickhead. Uh, what a heel move. Oh, we're about to see Shawn Michaels' bum. It's a Michaels match. He's going to get his bum out. I, nope. I, I swear to God, yeah. 1997 was literally the year of Shawn Michaels' like ass just being shown like crazy. Because I remember one match that uh, Shawn and... Uh, Triple H had with like LOD, where literally Triple H is trying to just gr- is just trying to grab him from like crawling away, and literally his trunks just fall down. And he's crack. It's like, jeez. Oh, people... no. uh, Michael's got his bum out in the ladder match against Razor at Mania Ten. Oh, that's also true. Oh, oh they do this spot twice. What we just saw here, the fling him into the cage and then clothesline him. Oh man, that's like in the the two K games when you're trying to break open the cell. The get to the outside but but you keep you keep meaning to do that special move where you like power bomb the guy through the cage to break it but you keep doing the friggin Irish whip well let's see if they fix that with 2020 boom well oh well I pre-ordered the game like months ago because I bought a Playstation gift card with uh, some uh, extra money I made at work and a lot of people reviewers right now like it's out next week like well it'll be out, already be out maybe by the time you hear it it's on the 22nd yeah it's out on the 22nd all the reviewers are already shitting on it man well go figure well I know like, people are really, I know people are really shitting on the like China look the one on what? I think they're shitting on China's uh, the way her, her character looks oh, last ride oh Last ride. No, Kyle Driver. Nope. Oh, nope. God. If he back by and drops him into last that. Right. Nope. Oh, thank God. Oh, here we go. And, ah, uh, Crafty Michaels. Punch him in the head. Crafty. Punch him in the, punch him in the that, face. That, punch him in the dick. That's smart booking, but, ah, uh, here we go. Oh, Kevin Owens powerball in the cage. Just, just messing up his, no wonder Michaels had a messed up. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you, you can see the imprints on his back, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't until the, the casket match where he, he destroyed it. Yeah. Like, he took the that spot off the corner of the casket was disgusting. Like, I'm... Uh, you know my history with back problems, but I've I've taken bumps like that since my surgery, like, off the edge of things, and... I mean, just like that... Oh, what was that spot? I think it was in the Kenny Omega... Um, dark, dark... Uh, AW Dark match from last week. Who did he... Where he did, like, a, a backdrop onto, like, the top 
edge part of the chair. Ooh. Just like he, he set up two two chairs like back to back, kind of like that game of musical chairs that was on Raw that random time. <laughs> but, yeah, you had a you had a spot where like Janelle was on the top rope. I think he was going to go for like a top rope nothing or like a Ric Flair spot. Oh, back right into both those things. That poor guy. Jeez. And uh, Janela ate like I don't know what you call the top part. Well, you know this part of the that part of the chair, the oh, top, yeah, yeah, yeah. spine, the back, the back. Yeah, just the top part of the back of the chair ate that right on the spine. Just oh, it's it's hard to look at. It's borderline stupid. Like like I told you how I felt about uh, the coffin drop. Yeah, that's the dumb, that's the dumbest finisher in wrestling. Oh, oh here we go, Taker. Oh, <laughs> just just wings, but just wings back and creams him. Just but, look, like, it's Michael's, literally no selling at its finest. It's like you know sell for me, I know sell for you. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, fantastic. It's like uh, there, was, there was like that that uh, rumor and innuendo that oh ow when Michaels. Uh, he was gonna maybe try and sabotage the WrestleMania 14 main event for for Steve Austin. Yeah. And uh, Taker's backstage, like you know, taping his fists, just staring, like sitting at Gorilla, like taping up his fists, just staring at Shawn Michaels. I don't think he said anything, but it would have been like, boy, I'm gonna go school on you if you don't if you don't do Steve's moment. But then you know, Michaels went disappeared. For four years, uh, found Jesus, and uh, came back and had arguably the best run of his career. No, I definitely do agree with that. He had a great match with Chris Jericho, and just it built up just better and better. And then finally, he oh, just yeah. decides, "Hey, let's have a match with the Undertaker, the guy who literally probably broke my back in the first place." So it's cool, it's cool, you know, everything's fine. And he ends up ending oh, yeah. his career. So, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, like it's like uh, I was talking in the group chat to some people. They're like uh, talking about hey, maybe Finn Balor's not going to go to Saudi because he's a LGBTQ supporter. Uh, yeah. uh, whatever that term is, I'm sorry. Someone tell me what that right term is. He's saying he's an ally. Oh and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. Isn't everyone technically an ally of that community in WWE or everyone? Period. Oh, stunner! Oh, nice little, nice little hangman, not hangman. Uh, uh, hot. Oh God, what do they call it? Slingshot, hot shot. Hot shot. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, just a stunner, hot shot with the ropes. I'm like, yeah, I think everyone in WWE, or at least should be an ally. Like, you know, all of us at WrestleLock Radio, we're very inclusive because we have. uh, uh, I'm uh, someone. Is it a binary? I'm, I'm sorry if it's the wrong term, but we have that we have uh, oh, a wait. person who identifies as that. Oh, that! Oh, okay, that was dumb. He goes for a suicide dive and just creams his neck off that cell. Oh, oh Sean, uh, hey Sean, you're not going to get oh. a oh elbow drop. That's that's nice. Climbs up and does that a little nice. elbow. Oh, Some, just spits Someone's been freaking playing like SmackDown versus Raw six years before it came out. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. We 
yeah, he's going to go for a, a running start here. Um, yeah, they're like... Oh, God. I think he's going to go for, like, a shooting start press. Just... Yeah, I, <laughs> just yeah, a shooting start. Okay. I want to see Shawn Michaels try that. Like, uh, you remember uh, the team of London and Kendrick? Uh-huh. Well, there was a spot on Raw where they did... They, they wrestled uh, the world's greatest tag team. Uh, yeah, I think it was, like, a six-man match with Jeff Hardy and... Uh, Johnny Nitro. Oh, those stairs that weigh like two pounds. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Look, look how tall they weigh. Like they wear like thirty pounds tops. But there was a yeah, there was a bit in that match where uh, Paul London runs along the apron and does the friggin' shooting star plancha onto Benjamin. He's like, you see, he comes out of nowhere. Like he comes right into the the hard camp. Like just flies over. Oh kind of like that uh, elimination spot he did on the rivalry shooting star press himself. Oh my gosh, that so sick. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels tried to do that. Obviously, it would suck. Oh god. Oh, god. oh, we're gonna try for a pile driver on the steps. Hey, cameraman, come on, move. There we go. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Uh, he botched. There was a botch. Hey, Matthew, uh, have you covered this match yet? Probably. Bunch of mania. Oh no! Ooh. Oh gosh! Pile driver. Uh, you know, probably he used that as a finisher once, a couple times. I probably. It, oh. Wow, Sean, chill, <laughs> chill the hell down. He said, "Oh, he said a naughty word." You said a swear. Get your bum out of frame, Michaels. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's a nice butt, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> It's really one of those things where it's like, Billy Gunn was supposed to be Mr. Ass? No, that's Shawn Michaels' motto. I'm sorry. Nah, Shawn Michaels, like, uh, Shawn Michaels has got a better butt. Like, I'm, you know, hetero talking here, but I'm not afraid to admit when, you it, know, oh, oh. When, a, when a guy is good looking. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. but we had that, I don't want to talk about Saudi again, but just that, clarify that stuff. It's like, I'm so, like with uh, Finn's like an ally, like awesome. Like I, I love him for that. But I'm like, he's. I think the room. This is just a dirt sheet shit, right? This is probably like a Meltzer thing. He's just making assumptions about why Finn maybe won't go to Saudi because of that. But then why does it Saudi allow WWE's got a lot of hardcore Christians there, like HBK, Taker, AJ Styles, um, Chris Jericho when he was there. They're all they're all super Christians, like. I'm like, well, I'm surprised Saudi allows them there too. So it's it's weird, uh, and it's funny. I'm looking at my calendar. Well, since we usually record on a Thursday, <laughs> Saudi shows on a Thursday. <laughs> guess who's doing a watch along? No, we're not. <laughs> guess we're not watching on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. If I work that after, like, I work this afternoon in like an hour and a half. Uh, if I have that Thursday afternoon shift again, I'll probably watch a chunk of it after work. Oh, I'm, oh, right on the back, steel chair. Oh, gosh. It's one of those old-fashioned chairs that have, like, the little uh, connectors at the bottom. It looks so weird. Oh, oh, oh yeah. It's just like, you, you can tell it's a, it's a gimmick chair. <laughs> I'm going to call it that from it's now like, on, the gimmick chair, until I see one. Yeah, I just want to see someone... Get uh, smashed with, you know, one of those folding chairs that have like the foam, like the foam padding on it. Oh gosh! Yeah, I, I used to have like a, uh, oh. right on the uh, like 
parents used to have. It wasn't like a kitchen set, but it's something that we all tossed that while we're chilling. That sure that had family, hit, that would have hit Dusty Dave because you know when he was at uh, front row at a pay per view recently, that would have hit him. Because right. he was like hard campsite on the right side of the ramp at um, I think it was Money in the Bank. Somewhere around there, yeah. Well, thankfully this yeah, is on the cell, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Now we're we're getting in here. We're we're, we're in the corner. I'm just trying to look if I wrote anything down for this for this match. We have. Uh, Using the cage, this is effective using the cage as a weapon. Like for the first Hell in the Cell match, I mean they're really using this gimmick effectively. It's a, oh, and, oh, he, he's tied up. He's he's got the Andre spot when Andre got tied on the ropes. Yeah, or the Macho Man spot. Uh, you can make that argument too. Oh, Macho! Oh, the snake! Oh my God! I'm glad I didn't see that when I was a kid because that would have scared the shit out of me. Like what? Ninety-one. I would have been. Uh, I would have been like seven years old. I wasn't watching wrestling at that point in time, but I kind of knew who Hulk Hogan was because of uh, because of John. Yeah. It's like when he was a, when he was a kid, the only things that came out of his mouth was Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. Oh, oh nice boot. Uh, he, he unties himself. Yeah, you got you got to wrap it like a pretzel. You, you, you got to do a pretzels kind of. It's a pretzel, here, pretzel. Oh, gee, oh. And there's a, Oh. And there's that spaghetti. Oh, he punched up the cameraman. That's that's obviously a worker right there. That's like when when uh, Sim Snuka was the cameraman at WrestleMania 25. Oh, screw you, son. Oh, he decks him. What a prick. He's kicking him while he's down. Why, why you beat the guy? He was just there. That, that's, he's trying to get the... Oh, my gosh. And that's... Uh, is that Hebner? I think that's a young Earl Hebner. Yeah, that, well, young. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he, he was probably still, like, old at this point in time, uh, trying to sell uh, knockoff merch from his car. Probably. Uh, yeah, hit him and Dave. Uh, that Dave Hebner spot at, uh, was it that Andre the Giant match? It was like, there's two Oral Hebners! Oh, like, yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the Saturday Night Main Event one. Yeah, 1988. Uh, Andre the Giant winning the title. Then, like, oh, I've got Give it to Ted DiBiase. Like, nah, nah, nah. You can't do, you can't do that. Uh, oh, here we go. Michaels is... Oh, God, there goes the... Nope, really there goes the camera. camera work. Nice. Trying to get the right camera. Now that, that step is inside out and upside down. If they went for like a backdrop spot right here, like Shawn Michaels' back would have had liberal chunks taken oh, out of God. it. Oh, God. It, it, it would look as gruesome as that uh, that Bob Holly staff infection from ECW. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. Oh gosh. Big ass laceration. That was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. That's that oh, is. I really, think that's still by far like one of the worst. Here we go. Flying jalapeno. As Bobby Keaton used to call Tito Santana's flying forearm. <laughs> the flying jalapeno. I love it. Yeah, it's like oh, that is. That's kind of racist, isn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Until. Until Jeff Dunham probably made a Hollywood film famous. You know. Uh, Jeff Dunham. Oh, here comes Sarge. Here comes the band that put me in the Cobra Clutch in June. Boom! Flying elbow. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. I think the only guy that can do a move half as good as Macho Man with the elbow is Michaels or um, CM Punk. Uh. 
Oh, for some reason I thought that shot was doing like a double oh, stop deal with the game. Oh, I go. wonder why. A one? Oh, here we're tuning up the band. A two. One. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's about to hit the super kick. <laughs> uh, we see. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, there's going to be some spots outside the cage. I was thinking, we're not getting the cane yet because this match still has. Pretty good amount left. Oh, we're less than 10 minutes. Oh, super kick. There it is. Yeah, we're less than 10 oh. minutes. Oh, You've done it now. Don't make a big mistake. And I can't allow. Hello. Oh, that theme was so bad. Well, there have been uh, worse themes, but that is definitely, I think, on the top of, like, really bad ones. I prefer Limp Biscuit. I had the, I had all their freaking albums when I was oh. Like, oh, a teenager. Oh, slick shot. Here we go. Whoop. Oof. And this gives Shawn Michaels the opportunity to go get a little blade job going. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Nah, I don't think he did it hard way here, but we have just, I'll, I'll look at these guys, like Michaels and Taker, and I'm like, this is kind of oh, an yep, opposite person. Like, oh. These two have, like, opposite personalities when it comes to gimmicks, and that was no more prevalent than that WrestleMania where Shawn Michaels came out as, like, a white angel. Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, uh, stay, guys, right into the cage. Just ate that thing for dinner. And then left some, had some for leftovers. Like, we just had Canadian Thanksgiving this past weekend, and that's just... That's like a, that's a hot turkey sandwich, like, five days after having it. And then, okay, time to throw it out. And Ooh. another one. Just coming right into your living room here. Man, this whole uh, cell matchup still holds up, even after all these it years. It truly does. I think it's it might might be the best home in cell match ever. Like a lot of people think, oh, what, what about Mick Foley? Well, that was not so much of a match as it was a spectacle. Okay, that's fair. That that I can give you. Yeah, it's just like it, there there wasn't a lot of actual wrestling and brawling in it. It was just. Nick Foley taking like half of his life expectancy off of it. <laughs> and here comes Michaels. He's climbing the cage. We know what's coming, folks. Oh, but I, I like the, uh, the whole opposite personality. Got Michaels, like, well, at this point in time, he's like the sexy boy, uh, ladies' man kind of thing. Taker's a, a zombie or a mortician, if you will. And then WrestleMania 25, he's still the dead man. Then Michaels is like, the angel, the Christian, despite the fact that I think Taker's a recent convert, unless he's been for a long time, I don't know. Like, being one myself, I used to keep tabs on which wrestlers are and aren't, and then I just like, oh, you know what? It's their own business. Like, oh, and he was, oh, he, oh no. Ooh. And the case, oh wait, wrong match. I'm like, oh, the case is going to fall. Oh, You're God, playing, they, uh, they both would have fell too. No, no, you're all for the PlayStation 1. This is when the cage would break, and I'd bust through and win the match. Oh. Oh, just rubbing cheese grater, man. And that's not even on the um, side of the cage. That's like the top of the cage, too. Yeah, that's, uh, when we were talking about Tim White being the bravest referee of all time. Yes. Remember the Hell in the Cell match between Jericho and Triple H? That, that's the one, yeah. That's where the staple goes. Ended his career. He ended his career. He completely fucked his shoulder. Just toast. And he's a ballsy guy for doing something like that. Oh, press. Okay, even when I was 13, I didn't think for a second Shawn Michaels was going to get 
uh, press slam off the cage because he would have actually died. I believe that. I believe he would have actually died. Oh, that, and, and then That's I think that would have been like, it's like we okay, here we go. Oh boy! Now he's getting, trying to escape. Uh, I mean, it's not just, like Mick Foley style, but you know something? It's still brutal. Just seeing this spot. It's it's still a great. This coming up right here. This is still a great bump. I mean, like Kane's was good. Foley's was good. Uh, just okay. He's hanging on by a thread, and it's like, like nope. I'm a step on your hands. Michaels is still trying so hard to. Ah, God Almighty, he's killed him. He landed right in front of Tito Santana. Uh, WrestleMania I, 8 opponent. There was a full circle moment for you. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Uh, I'm kind of glad oh, that yeah. he missed the monitor spot of it. He, he kind of landed more towards like where the table kind of begins where the announcers are. He kind of hits that end yeah. instead of like, the edge where the monitors are. Thank God. Uh, uh, I, I swear, if he actually hit one of those monitors, that would like a sumbitch. Well, he's, he's, he's being like a stuffed pig, so... What's that? He's bleeding like a stuffed pig, so... Oh, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's bleeding hard. Uh, Sean, Sean kicked oh. it out of the wires. Oh, there's another one. Lightning right in front of Ray Rougeau, the Mountie. Uh, just getting his blood all over the place. Like, I hope it's not a Bob Orton situation where he's got, like, hepatitis C. That's true. That oh. oh, there's an attitude adjustment kind of... Undertaker's the first innovator of the attitude adjustment. I love it. Uh, the attitude adjustment suggests a death rally driver, so Perry Saturn, you, you, you innovated that, man. <laughs> like, when, when I first saw that move, I thought, this is a freaking death rally driver. Like, like, I was watching, what did I watch recently? Like, Backlash 2003, uh, or listening to the Ruthless Pod. It's like, you just did a death rally driver. It was a bit of a different spin on it. There's a instant replay uh, I don't know if any of our um, audio is ending up on is ending up on here but we'll have to wait and find out but now I got one of my bugs up so maybe it'll try to get the audio for the last part of the match but, oh, yep they're going right back into the cell it's like we're going back to hell uh, yeah see you in hell oh Let my gosh <laughs> uh, yeah look at Look at that face. Oh, Only a God. mother could love. Even oh. then, maybe not. There's a, there's a point where the uh, I mean, took a head like a uh, not took a Sean. Uh, it looks like he was having like a bloody nose. It was that was sick. Jeez. What's that? It, it, looked, it looked like his uh, nose is dripping uh, blood. Yeah, oh yeah. Are we? Oh no. Taker's gonna pull a Barry Windham into a superplex. Like, that move is seriously enough. Super choke slam. But when you get a... Oh, oh right, super choke slam, that's right. I would love, I would I love to see that. Thought, thought oh, shit, he is doing it. I was just joking. Oh, no, no, I was just joking. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Oh. Boom. Wow. Choke slam over the hell, you freak. That, that was good. But That was good. That, that was a great spot. Michael's is... He's dead. But I looked at that and think it was going to be a superplex. And, like, imagine a guy the size of Taker. Like, Barry Windham's about as big, and he did the superplex as a finisher. Yeah. That height from the top rope, plus being on Taker or Barry. Oh. Just all big blue chair. <laughs> Nothing beats a big blue chair. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, where's the parka when you need him? 
I was going to make a bear the big blue house joke, but I was like, no, that that children's show doesn't deserve it. I think I think oh the Firefly Funhouse does that. Oh, God, unprotected. And Sean is right dead. The head. Oh boy, here's Bump the end is near. The Undertaker cutthroat deal. Here we go, oh, baby. Oh. It is over. Okay, let's. Oh, it's out. Eerie music. Oh man, just let them sink in for this one. There he is. Oh yes! Oh such my leg- god. Such a legendary call. That's gotta be Kane! Oh like, my rip- god. That's that ripping off the cage. Look at the look on Taker's face. Oh, Hepper's dead. See you later, buddy. Oh my god. There's Paul. There's Paul there. I'm getting chills here. This is amazing. Oh, uh, I am too, actually. I'm gonna turn on the heat. Oh, uh, just. Oh my god, oh, those dark eyes. Jesus. Oh uh, man, that, that makeup was so fucking cool. Take her and see a ghost. You can't believe it. Arms go up. Oh, arms raise. Fire! Boom! Oh, there's the fire. Like, what the hell? Boots! And here's Kane trying to get into the right position for, with the hard cam. Oh, I'm gonna drop you here. Nope, I'm gonna drop you here. Bam! They should just use Sean's like blood trail to just mark the spot for him to be like, you gotta stand here. You gotta go this direction <laughs> to drop the, yeah. the tombstone. But my yeah, god, it's like that. Oh, so so good. And out he goes. Now, Still one of the greatest debuts of all time. This is the greatest debut ever. Like, period. End of story. This is the best debut ever. No, I agree. Like, of, a, of, a new, of a new character. I mean, he was already a pre-existing wrestler. We all know he's Isaac Yankum. He's fake Diesel. He's the Christmas creature. But Glenn Jacobs here, Kane. This story throughout the entirety of 1997 was in every way perfection. Promos. Uh, character work. Paul Bearer, Taker. Oh, yeah. uh, one. Slow count. Let's count super slow. Two. Well, Taker looks like he's legit dead. Oh, they both do. Three. And it's over. Shawn Michaels retains the European title. Wait, that title wasn't on the line? No, he, he yeah, gets... I remember I was, I was pissed when the European title wasn't on the line in this match when I was, like, 13. Like, what? Hey, hey, it's been 30 days, Michael. Why haven't you defended the title? I was such a mark. And here comes Triple H to China. Oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're helping him out. They're, he's, he's, he's toast. Michael's barely there. And Taker's still selling the tombstone. I love that. That is it's awesome. Like, that's what I like about, like, I'm not going to draw comparisons, but get some matches today where, like, yeah, okay, there's a finish with the match, and then the opponent just gets up and leaves. Like, dude, sell the move. That's like I think Seth Rollins barely did any selling at the end of that Helmet Cell match. But he got the mandible claw, coughed up blood, and then he probably walked to the back. Taker's still dead. He's still there. <laughs> let's look at let's it, look at like, this let's look at this man we've committed homicide to. 
like Royal Rumble '94, Taker like legitimately flying up uh, to the heavens and dying. Oh, Michael's getting pelted with trash. And, and um, I don't he, miss that in wrestling. I don't miss that in wrestling. That's that's yeah, dick Like King Mabel winning the King of the Ring in '95. This gets pelted right in the face with like a thing of coke. That's right. Show me where he is right now. I, yeah, uh, so good, so good. I have to say something funny here. Um, I, I didn't get to watch this pay per view live, obviously, but the night after, I'm watching Monday Night Raw, and I didn't know like. My cousin told me, "Oh, Kane debut." I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "Yeah." And that's all he told me. And the first, the first thing we saw on Raw was uh, just fire, boom. Michael was like, Michael Cole's first night. He was interviewing uh, DX. I thought Kane was Michael Cole. <laughs> and then it's like that was like his first night. Like right before they go on camera, Michael stumps a leader of coke down his pants. Oh. Take her slowly. Uh, here we go. Nope. Here we go. He's giving the guy a wedgie on camera, just being a bellin. Oh, uh, Taker's just coming to. He's got dropped on his noggin. Uh, he's pissed. He's seen a ghost. And, yeah. And there we go. That's. I'm going to hit. Uh, we got what? Yeah, literally like a couple of seconds left. I hit stop. Now that 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 was a match, that was a moment. That's wow. just storyline, booking, character perfection. Yeah, that was amazing. Honestly, that's the first time I've ever seen that matchup, and it's God. Like I said, it still holds up even after twenty plus years of doing that. Oh, it's 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 the great. I mean, it's the innovator. It's the greatest. Like this is a. Uh, I was aware of it's like a war games cage, but I was kind of aware of war games back then. But they, oh man, they took this gimmick and ran with it, and then ran it into the ground. It was amazing. And, and honestly, guys, here's the fun fact about this: is that Dave Meltzer uh, rated this a five star matchup, and they wouldn't get that until 2011. So they obviously created something that, like you said, created great stories, great wrestling matchup, and. It's at the bar for future Hell in the Cell matches that they had to basically try to try to 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 overdo to to overtake and uh, needless to say it's not the same. <laughs> it really isn't. I mean, no, is it, I mean, we mentioned no, like the one with Taker and I him. can't think of the last really good. Uh, what was that a really good Hell in the Cell match? Like, okay, Usos and uh, New Day, phenomenal. Uh, Sasha and Charlotte. A little botchy, but still really good. Sasha and Becky uh, was really good. Oh, it, it was it was fun. I, I might watch that again now. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, oh, hang on. We, we talked about the worst Hell in a Cell matches. No, that's Boss Man Taker. Okay, maybe you're right about that one. <laughs> that, that, that's, that was an absolute abomination. That, that was that and was especially tough. with that hanging himself finish, which was just. Tasteless shit. No but all right, so yeah, this has been the uh, Game Changer podcast, guys, and this was our first uh, watch along. So let us know if you liked it, and if you want us to review more of these kind of matches. Honestly, let us know what matches you'd like for us to watch because this was great. This is really fun getting a chance to just talk about this matchup and experience it. It's just really great. Uh, 
You can check us out on our Twitter handles, uh, at the legendary JF at Real F and Game. Also, be sure to give a like to the guys over at Wrestle Attic Radio. Like we said, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Nacho Mama Soap Opera podcast, the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, as well as the Gift of Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, be sure to give your vote. You ready for the votes that are coming out for Wrestling Hub? And yeah, a lot of crazy things are coming. And we kind of do our retro deals. Oh, we're just about done, done with that. We'll have to do some kind of Halloween deal for the 31st. Um, um, I, you know what? I've picked a couple, so I'm going to leave that in your capable hands. Okay. Although I, I had an idea, but I'm like, you know what? I have a couple in mind for November, but I do, I'll, I'll let you, let you and everyone here know that I'm taking a week off in November. So there'll, there'll be, there'll be like a few shows in between that, that we'll have to go for. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, next week we will be wrapping up kind of like our selections. We're going to be reviewing the SmackDown with one of the greatest segments of all time, in all honesty. Uh, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Is it, is it what I think it is? It is. Yes! We're, we're talk- and you know what? We're doing another watch-along. We're watching that together, dude. We have okay, to watch up watch, to that point. Are we going to watch that segment? We are going to watch that segment. It's going to be a shorter okay. episode, but I'm telling you, but it's worth it. I feel like it's worth it. Man, we could almost do an, a watch along with that entire episode if my phone doesn't die. And that would just be our whole show, maybe. Well, maybe. we'll talk about that. Maybe. Yeah, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely have to talk about that. Like you said, guys, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. We're on so many different podcasting forums. Uh, be sure to check us out. Be sure to give us some likes. Be sure to also let us know what you guys think. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, Bad Blood 97. Pre-seller event, but was definitely made amazing because of one match and because of one man. It's got to be Kane. So, guys, bye. Peace out. Secure Choice. It's a new retirement program for employers who don't already offer a plan. With Illinois Secure Choice, you can help your employees save for their future through payroll deductions into their own portable retirement account. It's easy for them and free for you. Wow, that's pretty great. Hey, everyone, Illinois Secure Choice is here and it's going to make retirement saving easier. What are you waiting for? Enroll your business in Illinois Secure Choice today. If you don't dispose of the unused or expired prescription drugs in your home, they might find a new one. 
They could end up lost, stolen, or simply misused. Keep them safe, clean them out, take them back. At the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration's National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day, Saturday, October 26th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. To find a collection site, please visit DEATakeback.com. That's DEATakeback.com.